We did it again! Oh boy, another 365 days around the sun and so, so, so much media consumed. So much. You heard about all of it. But most importantly, maybe at this very moment in time, so many video games played through and, and boy, oh boy, we are here to help us and you make sense of it all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to day one of our Game of the Year extravaganza, where me and my finger-licking-good co-hosts will be counting down our personal best games of the year, ranked 10 through 6. And we'll also be whipping out that shovel. Oh boy, we've got ourselves a mountain to dig through this year of your it's personal lists. Oh god, it's so many. Uh, I didn't think we were going to top previous years, and then... The avalanche Saturday, happened. Saturday, Saturday, Sunday hit, and holy fucking shit. Oh, God, things. Things took a turn. Those last eight hours, when Rhett woke up and saw that there were nine entries in his inbox, I think he turned to stone immediately. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were already, like, at the record at that point, and then I'm just like, oh, okay, shattered. shattered. Yeah, just... Completely obliterated. Uh, as always, you folks have been uh, ever so generous with sharing your thoughts uh, on the year in games with us. So we hope you enjoy being a part of this show as much as we do making it. And if the number of lists that we keep receiving are any indication, I think folks are having themselves a good time. But we have literally all the podcasts to do right now. So we are absolutely stacked to the gills. We just need to get into things. To my immediate virtual yeah. right, Peter's Pecker picked <laughs> Peter's Pecker picked another pickle bang pussy pepper. It's right. Hi. You So um Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm just not gonna have time to do my top ten anime of the year. Dang everything. I'm really hoping for that one. <laughs> I mean, for the last five months I've watched way more anime. Yeah, like the at last this rate next at this rate next year I won't have a top ten. That happened to, to me one game. year. That happened to me one year where I literally did not have a top ten. God. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm excited for a big one. Oh, yeah. There's so uh, much. There's uh, so much that we've got to get through, Rhett. All the podcasts yeah. it's ever been, we are about to do it all. To yeah. my immediate virtual left fighting crime with a partner, Lois Lane and Jimmy Carter, it's John Fire. Hey, I all right. I that I gotta be real. I love these. I love making lists a lot, and mm -hmm. this just this just keeps me going every year after year. It's like this is what I, this is what I, this is the thing. I feel like already. even after I feel like even after Game of the Decade, this is the list to end all lists. I think, like yeah, Game of the Decade just sheer volume and, and the number of entries. But this is just like so many unique voices now. Uh, that have joined the party, and I'm so, like I've not looked at any of these lists, so I'm very eager to find out as we go, like what what ended up make what ended up you know tickling everybody's panties. The, mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. why you would tickle panties, but that's that's the analogy. I know why you would. Well, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> there might be. Good, turns out, newsflash: there might be a good excuse for tickling panties. We just unearth this information uh we will be having a complete symposium on that sometime after the new year to explain the benefits <laughs> of tickling panties right it's preparing a 20 a two-hour um uh presentation 
um, <laughs> on the topic. All righty. Okay, like We're I really said, shifting. we get we got to shift gears right yeah. into guest list. Let's just get things going. I got a listener list right off the bat, and it is from our good pal Tengu Gemini. We know we know Tengu Gemini. It's good, good persons. Yeah. Good, good persons. Absolutely. Straight out, good, good. We're starting with a banger. Number three, Disco Elysium. This is one of the best written games I've ever played. Uh, the detective you play as is just such a fucking disaster of a human being. And the amount of options you have available is just staggering. That is one, it's been on my playlist for a while, so. That game seems really good. Yeah. 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 I hear nothing but warm things about that, about that one. It's got, it's got voice acting now, too, so it's probably. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's probably even better of a time to like watch out for that on the holiday sales, I think. Uh, number two, here's a banger. Everybody's going to agree on this one. Hollow Knight. I finally understand all the hype. This game is maybe the best game in the genre of, like, let's call them exploration platformers. Just an absolute masterpiece in terms of gameplay, visual aesthetics, sound design, and level design. And number one goes to Metroid Dread. Recency bias may be at play, but this is currently my favorite Metroid game. This just edges out Hollow Knight because I just like... I, I just kind of like how Samus feels a little more. And I like that it is a bit shorter overall. I don't really think I could say more than more than you have said on the podcast about it. Well, you actually can. You actually already <laughs> said more than we have actually said about Metroid Dread. Or anybody, well, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe referring to past podcasts. Maybe. Uh, just an incredible game. Yep, there's your solid list. Awesome, Excellent. awesome. Yeah. yeah, Rhett, do you have a listener list? <laughs> right. We're just we're banging through these three at a time we, this year. Yeah, we That's have to hit these. There's thirty-one <laughs> of them. Thirty. Oh God. So thirty-one. Three games apiece. Yeah. Ten games each for us. That is a hundred. I think that's hundred twenty-three games. That's a lot of and video geez. games. Or 128 okay. cho- it's 123 let's. choices. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Let's do this. Okay. Uh, this is the second list that comes in from Sayara. Nice. The resident Soxcast podcast artist mm-hmm. for the covers and stuff. Uh, good afternoon. This is Sayara Art Team. 2021 has been an interesting time for sure, as well for video games. I actually played some as scary as that sounds. I will list the three in any order. Number one, Seabed. Good old depression simulator. Okay, but actually, Seabed was suggested to me from another SMPS member. I, I wonder who. I wonder. And it has been quite the spe- a spectacular read. I need to continue reading it, but it's calm dialogue style as it floods you with character development and emotions. Great. Uh, number two, Dance Rush Stardom. So this one's kind of a stretch because you can't really finish Dance Rush. This game asks you to slide and shuffle to EDM music in a similar vibe to something like DDR, just a lot less rigid and, and a lot more fun. I've had a lot of fun being able to just shuffle and pretend I can dance all groovy, like even with my messed up leg. And number three, Luigi floating on an egg <laughs> over the sea. Yay! <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Hey, Polly! I'm riding it in! Yeah, you are! Hell you are, bitch! Yes, you are! What started as a silly joke meme that's done in other communities into an actual game, an actually pretty difficult game at that, (laughs) an incredible short-scale game that just kept me laughing for pretty much the entire time I streamed it on its release date. Anyway, that's all I got. Once again, I thank you for your... 
I thank you for the continued support support you do for the community, and thank you for keeping me around as your illustration lead. Hopefully, 2022 leads to bigger dreams and better days. Take care, Sayara Art Team. Love that guy. Good people. Absolutely. Good people, that Sayara. Hey, Polly, yeah. last week mm-hmm. I spent a full three hours with OBS open trying to beat <laughs> oh Luigi, Luigi floating on an egg over the sea without taking damage. You got the, you got the special reward. I got, I got the no death one pretty quick. Mm-hmm. No damage is very hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I got that to stage I'm, five. I don't think I, I've I, no damaged it yet. Wait, is there a difference for no damage? No, there's not. Okay. No, I should I'm, put I'm one like, in now, though. <laughs> Because I got I got no death on release day and was like yeah okay I didn't even think about no fucking damage at all. God, it's hard. <laughs> there was something I was gonna do for no damage, but I, like I said, that is a game that I'm actually gonna revisit in the future and do an update oh, nice. for. So I might actually put just put that in for the for the update. Luigi has a gun this time. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> all right, Luigi floating on an egg over the sea too. <laughs> this time it's personal, Luigi. Too easy. Too easy. Oh my god, that's so good. Okay, writing that down. Writing that. Hold on. <laughs> Too easy. This is the kind of banter we can have when we're not six hours in. <laughs> yeah, like by hour five, it's just like just read the fucking list. Shut up. It's not time. To, it's not time to be funny anymore. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I got another listener Stay list. Have it. I got another it? listener list for us. We got another one. This three one, at a time, baby. Three at a time, baby. This one comes in the form of an audio, so I need you to sync up that audio watch you got going. Make sure you got them audio files on hand. John. I did not, so thank you. Uh, what, oh, okay. <laughs> what I tell you. I knew who I was calling. I knew there was something I was forgetting to call out, like, right before. I kept, trying to see- I kept trying to find where the schedule was, and then I finally realized, oh, he posted another link. Yeah. Oh, there's the audio lists. I guess I needed those. Yeah, you need those files. You need to go ahead and put those in. Now, this is the banter that we need to keep into the podcast. So, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm leaving it. I don't care. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. You were going to go back and edit all of the inessential uh, banter um, out of the podcast. Yeah. Hold on. Let me just take the life out of the entire show and make only, it sound... Only <laughs> need the... We, we only get the most refined... We only Loose release very gags. refined, pr- produced podcasts. Yeah, with the, go with the material. That, are, that are exactly one hour long. Take out all yep. the ums, all the breathing. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. The, the okay. T-sips. The T-sips. All right, Let's John, do you have your audio files queued up? I, I'm all ready. Let's do it. All okay. right. Our first audio list comes from a friend of mine in the retro speedrunning community and RGL TV's Bald Nate. Also recently, I've uh, been a, gra- a very active member on our Discord. I'm really happy to, like, I've been friends with this guy for a number, three or four years, I think, and he's just always been a delight to be around, so it's happy to have Aww. him around. Uh, and I'm happy that he gave us this very brief list. All right, in three. Two, one, play. Tamashi is a puzzle platformer that would have been interesting enough as an abstract game, but thank goodness that isn't what we got. Dripping with unsettling visuals and lore, I was still thinking about the game long after I stopped playing. Comet Striker. A super slick flip-screen shmup with a wide breadth of difficulties, modes, and character playstyles. Comet Striker was a delightful surprise that I've only seen one other person play. Give it a spin. Zadet. I can't explain why I loved playing Zadet, but I did. An unforgiving and unrepentant homage to the stripped-down and scaled-up aesthetic of China Warrior. You've got to play it to understand. 
Yeah, yeah. Comet Striker had my eye on that one for a little bit. That game Ooh. looks real good. And Zadet, <laughs> Zadet, you just kind of got to look at Zadet sometime and get huh. the idea of what it's going for. It's very silly. <laughs> I, I looked at the first game, Tamashi, on Steam. It mm-hmm. looks pretty fucking cool, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just a solid list. Like, those are all games. It's just like, yeah, I will probably play all of those at some point. Fantastic list, Nate. Thank you very much for contributing. All right. Guess what? It's our turn. It's our turn. Heaven we finally... <laughs> We finally get to talk. We finally get to talk. Uh, John, would you like to get things started? Here, with give me your... one second. Let me finalize my list. Oh, come um, on. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I think I'll go with I think I know what my number 10 is. What's your number 10, John? What do you got for Extremely it? Extremely a joke. <laughs> um, my number 10 is going to be Extreme Meat Punks Forever Season 2. Oh, nice. And I didn't have the, 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 <laughs> the <laughs> subtitle up. Oops. That's going to be Bound by Ash. Oh, good, good, good. Um, so I really, I really had a good time with this one. Um, the the first one I kind of just was pretty okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big thing with this one is that the writing I think is just a little bit stronger. I think it tells more of a complete like season of story, um, even though it's about the same length, but it just fits more in. Um, I was really pleased with the way this game explodes um, in the back half and a lot of the cool character journeys it goes on. Um, th- they actually pulled in Colin from Luca. Oh, yeah. That, that, Luca was, that was the thing that the really... Fighting. That was the thing that made me take notice of that game. It's like, oh, okay, okay, you might have my attention now. Uh-huh. So it's still <laughs> definitely the same style of fighting, mm-hmm. um, but the production and... Uh, just a lot of the little nuances of how it communicates are just a lot tighter now. Mm. And there are combat set pieces in this that are extremely strong and memorable and play in with the, with the VN in very effective ways. Um, so this was just a very, a very good evolution um, of the first game, which is a little unfortunate because it seemed to get less attention. Yeah, kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I saw that this one kind of just went by the wayside. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe like a week after it was out, I didn't hear anybody talking about it. Unfortunately, I feel like the first game got a lot of buzz because of the um, "Hey, this is very queer," mm-hmm. and you kill Nazis and you kill cops, and it's great. And it came out <laughs> right about the time like when it was like we were actively punching Nazis in the street. So I think that you it's easy mm-hmm. to get on board with that. And I think that um, once you get and that, like that's great. <laughs> the thematic the. That was a thing where I re- where I played this one, and I just very, I kind of felt like, oh, I'm I'm kind of part of the queer community, aren't I? <laughs> With just the way I felt at home and the, a lot of the dynamics in this mm-hmm. game. Um, but I think it's also just much the storytelling voice is stronger, the set pieces are stronger, the presentation is stronger. Um, it's just a very strong evolution. Not a word breathed about season three so, thus far. <laughs> it's been Ooh. like two years. So I thought we'll that see. they were. I thought that they um, were doing a board game. They did a they did a um a tabletop role playing game. They yeah. kickstarted it successfully. That's been a big project. So hopefully that's just like, hey, we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do season three. I hope <laughs> <laughs> Because this would it would be a bummer if it left off here. Yeah. But even if even if they do, I don't regret the time I spent with this world and this cast. This was still a very strong um episode and story. So right. Extreme Eight Punks Forever, bound by Ash. That's my number ten. Rhett, what's your hey. name? So this one's a little funny because I'm not sure I talked about it on the podcast. Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I always love surprise entries where you don't see them coming. Oh. So 
you know, when we do the cutoff for these lists, it's usually kind of early December. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to play anything I'm putting on my game of the year list at that mm-hmm. point. Nah. So, like, after the last regular episode. So this is a game I played last December. Oh, wow. In oh, 2020. Shit. This is the first time that rule has actually come into effect where it's like, oh, the game I played technically last year is still is still up, but it was like December 17th or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my number 10 is the puzzle game Super Liminal. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, I just really had a good time with this. It's a very inventive kind of riff on the first person puzzle platformer genre. Like mm-hmm. they they straight up acknowledge Portal in like the dev commentary stuff and how they kind of have a Portal ish setup at the start and then kind of go wild with it in different directions. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So the main theme of this game is that perspective is reality, and what that means is that the whole gameplay gimmick or a lot of it is like you pick up an item and it kind of locks into place and you can carry it around and then when you put it down depending on where you put it down in your field of vision it'll change size like holy shit this rules i'm looking at the trailer now like yeah it's really crazy so it's like if you pick up a cube and then look straight up and then let go of it it'll now be at the you know, by the ceiling, and then when it falls down, it, like, comes crashing down. Oh, it's huge now. Oh, that's wild! And it's, like, really <laughs> clever the way... And it's a very short game. It's only, like, three hours long, and they do good stuff with the window dressing and, like, how they theme stuff and how it... It has a really surprisingly effective ending mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that made me cry a little oh, bit. Yes! <laughs> so we, that was the... We don't have one was, of these lists without Rhett crying on the first game. Rhett cry was, count. <laughs> One, that really was like what gave it the nod over the honorable mentions because it was like kind of a close race for number ten. But I'm like, I just I feel really good about this game. Mm. Cool. So That's my number awesome. ten's super limited. That's cool. Also, I, I have a code for it. If anybody posts in the giveaway channel, I'll send it. How to about you. you just give it to I, I don't know, not me. I'll take it. I won't. I will never accept. <laughs> or, or, I was about to say, give it to John because I will never accept puzzle okay. games. I just I just wishlisted it. <laughs> I don't. Oh. I don't. I don't accept puzzle games because my, my brain is too small for them. Mm. Cool. So Polly, yo, do you have a number ten? Yes, I do. My number ten is a sad buy. Like one of those games where you just buy it. <laughs> you buy it because no. you buy it because you're sad. <laughs> Oh. Otherwise, I don't know I would, if I would have picked it up because I already have I already have it for the PlayStation Two. My number ten is Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne HD Remaster. <laughs> um, nice, hell uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I think like Nocturne's a game where its reputation kind of precedes it in like the most boring way, where the, the conversations about this game are always, "Oh man, it's the hardest video game ever," blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it, and and like and and like. People like to just look cool because they they beat a game that many perceive to be like impenetrably difficult. Like I, I think that that's mm-hmm. sort of like the narrative that gets spun around this game a lot. Where yeah. for me, this is a game about an intense claustrophobic atmosphere and the way that it tries to balance its various moral outlooks. Uh, through the paths that are open to you uh, and like who you wish to side with and like what that says about you. And they, they do a good job of exploring those things. Um, despite the fact that there's like not a lot of story, what's there is really well done and put together. And it's just this great real 
good apocalypse story um, that I'm eager to go back to at some point because, like I said, like I only got one of the endings, and there's like six different routes I think that you could take. Oh, like, I didn't do True Demon End, uh, like that. I think a lot of people just guide them. They use a guide like the first time they play the game and just get True Demon End. Uh, and I didn't want to go that route. Like I just went and I played the game and I went with like, what do I feel about what these characters are saying to me? Uh, and I ended up getting the fucking neutral end. <laughs> Whatever, Uh, but it did let me side with the hot teacher. Couldn't commit. It let me side with the hot. It let me side with the hot teacher that you meet at the start, though. So that sounds like the poly end. Exactly right. That's if there's ever an end, it's going to be more me. I think that that's pretty close to it. Um, Like the combat and the customization are fun. Like I feel that like any RPG though, like when you get to a certain point and you get your legs under you and you know what you're doing, like the demon fuse. Like especially with like the way that you confuse demons, and especially now that you can just pick the skills that you want to inherit. Like, mm-hmm. I think that this game, you could probably still cruise through it pretty easily. Like, I, I just played it on normal, because I think playing hard modes where, like, the numbers are bigger is just stupid. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I only really, like, like I only got hung up on, like, like, the worst part of this game that I got hung up on was, like, there are a couple of the dungeons or teleporter mazes, and, boy, we know how much I love those. Um, but for me, like, I just loved everything about the way this game just oozed personality, despite the fact that it doesn't need to say a lot. Like, the demon world is full of a lot of weirdness and a lot of weird motherfuckers, and getting to play around in that world and, you know, just, like, feeling like you're a part of this weird apocalypse that just happened and the way they set all that. Like, the first hour of the game is incredible. I I love the opening of this game. Uh, Mm. Just full stop. Um... But yeah, like th- this was the first time I finally got to get through the game because I- I've taken a-, a shots at it on the PS2 in the past, and like I would get to a point where I was like, oh, okay, I don't want to put in the effort to do the fusion that I need to do here. I'm just gonna put this up. But having the ability now to press a button and be like, just let me carry these skills over to the new demon, instead of having to like back and forth RNG it and go in and out of menus, which like that's not a game mechanic. That's not fun. Nobody likes to do that. This new way makes way more sense. It's fine, you know. Um, there's probably also a lot to be said about how it's a pretty bare bones uh, remaster in and of itself. They didn't really do much, um, but you know, I mean, I guess the game's preserved in a way now. It's got voice acting yeah. now. It's got some pretty damn good voice acting both sides of the coin. Uh, the Japanese, tra- the Japanese, and the the English track are both incredible. Oh. Uh, so yeah, not a game I would really expect to get an English dub. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it at all. Like at least they did something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they included they included the Dante and the Raido Kuzunoha uh, versions of the game too, so you can play like both of them if you want, whichever one you like. So that's cool. Yeah, they have like five versions. It's very yeah. funny. Yeah, and then there's like the one they can't release. Or they they had to release in China. But they had to take all of the skeleton enemies uh, out. Of it. <laughs> is this the game that originally had that? Featuring Dante sticker. Yes. Yeah, featuring okay. Dante from the. De- it's like and, and like this is actual Devil May Cry two. Like because they use the Do- they use the Devil May Cry two model. <laughs> the best the best Devil May Cry. Yes, this is the best Devil May Cry two. Oh, don't worry, y'all. We'll be talking about Devil May Cry two later on the list. Oh, baby, I cannot <laughs> wait. But yeah, that's my number ten. Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne Badass. HD remaster kept me. It kept me. It kept me in good spirits. At like. One of those, like, oh, man, things are kind of stressful right now. Let's mm. buy this video game and forget about them. And it did me I good. Mean, it did me good. That, you were definitely playing that for, like, a month at least, right? I played it for at least two or three weeks straight, yeah. 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 It's Sometimes you just need to dive into a game like that. And it felt real good. I was really happy to have done it. 
Cool. All right. Moving on, John, I do believe you've got the next. listener list. You've got the next of our listener lists. Um, we got a friend of the show here, June Flower. Um, number one, First Land by Photocopiadora. Mm. Everything in First Land is a secret. Rarely have I felt such a feeling of true discovery while exploring a game, and it is backed by such an incredible palette of moods and emotions that I remember every scene and moment with a kind of soft melancholy. Great worm content, too. <laughs> Um, this game looks great. I love photos work. It just looks terrifying. <laughs> yeah, looks very, like I, their work <laughs> is extremely good. Their work has a very uh, distinguishable style. Absolutely. Um, number two, Inglet by Nicholas Nygren and Sarah Sandberg. You're a kind of jellyfish creature making your way through bubble-weaved replicas of Copenhagen landmarks. Not only does it feel amazing to control, it also feels like it purposefully sidesteps the usual focus on rising difficulty platformers have in favor of experimenting with different fun shapes to traverse through. Conventional game design be rightfully damned. I love the intricate and playful approach to music. All of it is system-based and reactive to your actions in a truly tactile way. This game feels really good. I played it, too. Mm. What about the worm content? Um, How's the worm content? More worm content. Lots of worm content. Nice. Number three, Sluggish Moors Pattern Circus um, by Jack King Spooner. If you know me, you know my favorite genre of games is walk around and look at weird shit type stuff. (laughs) Jack has, for the past decade, been making some of the strangest, most thought-provoking, and beautiful games of this type. And his new creation is another example. The dense little world of clay and collage is sometimes funny, sometimes sad, but always evocative and emotionally available. Soundtrack is some of his best work yet. Badass. Nice. All right. Thank you, June. Red. Thank you, June. Wait. Uh, Polly. Yep. Polly. Yep, that's me. I got a listener list as well. I have one from our good pal and Toho aficionado, Gesh86. He says, hello, Matananda. I'm Gesh86, and this is my game of the year list. His his list does not say that at all. <laughs> just so we're clear. <laughs> I just have to do it every time. <laughs> if he won't, you will. <laughs> He says, hi, SoxCast. It's Gesh. Made my game of the year list in my head already weeks ago and was eagerly awaiting you to open up, open up for submissions. Now that, now that that time has come, here goes. Number one, Metroid Dread. I imagined a parallel universe where this game had been botched and people could be calling it Metroid Dreadful. <laughs> but that is luckily not our reality. As a Metroid fan since the very first entry, the game met all of my expectations and exceeded some. The Speed Booster puzzles deserve a special shout out for being exceptionally clever this time around. You ain't wrong on that one. <laughs> Number two, Near Replicant version 1.22. Whatever. That one goes on a while. It does, yeah. Unappreciated when it originally came out, I completely get how this one slowly gained a cult following. The story, in my opinion, is even better than the one in the Breakthrough series entry near Automata, where, <clears throat> with Kaine and Emil having, uh, being the highlight as extremely unconventional, impressive, tragic, and ultimately super likable characters. Nobody is going to recommend this game for gameplay alone, but the combat is pretty good. Solid enough. And number three, Yu Yu Jiteki, you, uh, Yu Yu Jiteki no Yukaden. 
This is probably a Toho fan game. This year, <laughs> this year is representative for the new Toho fan game releases. It's a platformer with an unexpectedly great sense of level design that just barely avoids being too masso core for its own good and ends up being ends up healthily challenging instead. This is also one of the prettiest Toho fan games ever made. Not. <clears throat> Uh, not th- not through hope, whoa, not through huge production value or 3D, but by confidently sticking to an extremely smooth, hand-drawn art style. Happy holidays, yeah. and see you around. Yep, gonna be looking at that one too. I think. Oh, yeah, that looks like a good game. All right, I do believe Rhett, you have yes. another listener list. Look at this, we're getting it now. We got it. We got our legs under we're us get, now. We got a we got flow here. We got uh, it. This one. This one comes into from Freezing Inferno. I know that person. They'd be Battletoads. Long time. They, long they, time friend of the site. Yeah, be, yep. they, they'd be Battletoads. And, and Battletoad Beater. Yeah. Aficionado. Battletoad Beater. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sox friends. Another year, another three. So let's not waste any more time and dig in. Number three, Monster Hunter Rise. Mm. A game where you can reinforce personal connections with your friends and make lovely memories with them as you run around beating the shit out of fire-breathing dragons, giant lightning dogs, and other wild inventive monster designs like that. Not only was it a fun experience to have with friends, but it was a fun and challenging experience in general where I got to learn a new weapon's playstyle and switch to a completely different weapon for post-game and just vibe with it. A standout experience, and one that will be reignited in 2022 when the big DLC expansion comes out. Number two, Metroid Dread. Well, that's that's wow. We have we have an emerging front runner. Jeez. We really do. <laughs> Starting to see pattern already. Metroid Five: Samus Returns Two was one hell of a hit, and a game I literally beat in a day by gluing myself to it from dawn to dusk on launch. Good lord! <laughs> I mean. I, I mean, it's that. easy, it's yeah. That like, long. no, but it's just like that's just a, a great feeling when you could like when a game grabs I you. Can't by, admit, yeah, yeah, like that's an awesome feeling. This game manages to make improvements on elements from other games, namely fusion and the aforementioned Samus Returns, mixing and matching aesthetics and powers with a new sense of freshness and pants ruining terror. <laughs> it also manages, perhaps by recency bias, to be the most demanding Metroid experience yet in terms of difficulty. Some of its story beats are outlandish and its penalties for failure great rather than build tension, but I'll be damned if this, if this isn't another fine entry in the Metroid series and one I really enjoyed. About time they got that back on track. Jesus. Yup. <laughs> Holy moly. It's been a bit since Fusion, for sure. <laughs> and number one, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. Oh, okay. Okay. Horrifying. Harrowing. A nightmarish display of anxiety, depression, self-harm, and suicide wrapped in, in a sicken, sickeningly sweet candy shell from maximum dissonance. An absolutely soul-shattering tale, soul-shattering tale of the worst and darkest thoughts that can dwell within humanity, all bolstered by the game's own self-awareness and metafictionality. The shadow puppets within are real, and they judged me in ways that made me feel some of the most guilt I've ever felt playing a video game. <laughs> its final judgment is that the, no positivity positivity can be fostered within the walls of the game. The added bonus chapters contradict this, showing love and friendship and support in people who care for each other dealing with the darkness of mental health. The plus adds hope where there was none before, and the way this game fucked with me and made me feel things makes it a clear winner for Game of the Year. 
It feels cool. like that. It feels like that plus content was added for that reason because I think a lot of people saw that ending as a bit of a downer because of the way that it kind of presents the the fact that there's just a general lack of hope. Uh, so, yeah, the, so the, the fact sure. that they so the fact that they went back and put in uh, those extra stories, I think, is there to kind of help soothe that mm-hmm. wound a little bit for people. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so, so that's that's other that, that that that's three more down, and it's time to bring it on back. Let's keep them going. All right, John, Thank number you. nine, number nine, yeah, number nine, my list. Hunt down. Hey, nice. no, 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 wait, no, wait. You you can't. You don't just say hunt I'm down. Sorry, you're right, you right. don't say hunt down. Let that's not do how it. you Let do, do it. it. <clears throat> hunt down. There you go. That's pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I like um, it. So there, I we've talked about this one a good bit. Yeah. It's just a really <laughs> it, a it's drop dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Its sense of mood and sense of humor are both stunning. It's very funny. Mm. Um, I just showed a clip yesterday to to Monty that was like, I love guns. It's like punching people in the face <laughs> with bullets. Yes, <laughs> and just the 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 script is so spot on in the game. Yep, I think it's elevated by its um. A, it's unusual action. Like I think you, I think you've articulated it better. Of like, this isn't quite. This is not contra. No, it's this isn't. Yeah, it's got a. It's got a different approach. Um, yeah. it's got a weight to, to it that makes it feel yeah. really substantial. Like when you make a move, it feels like you feel it. Mm-hmm. You compare it to like Blackthorn. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It reminds me of cinematic platformers in a way. Yeah, it's nowhere near that stiff. But no, it, like no. has it has a lot of the positive virtues that those yeah. games have. I think absolutely. Um, it has a very strong um, sense of place to it. Mm-hmm. I think like that's something that elevates it over a lot of indie action stuff for me. Is just like I feel like this is a world. Yeah, it de- really was like this is a place, and these are you know places and characters and you know the gangs and stuff. Yeah, that all share this fucked up dystopia. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it has a big, stupid climax. <laughs> yes! Like, this is this is just, like, bread and butter, like, just a good, big indie action, modern action game. Like, it has, it has weight in all the right ways, and it, it feel, it's just very strong. I had a really good time with Hunt Down. Um, I think next is Rhett. Hi. Hey. What's your number nine? So the bottom of the bottom of the list is always like the order is a little hard to pin down, mm-hmm. <laughs> and of then course. I put something here and I go, oh well, it has to be that. Yeah, uh, my number nine is Celeste, chapter nine. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It was just like, well, yeah, you put your number in there, so you. They made it easy nine. for you. They really made, helped you out. <laughs> said right there, hey, I'm I'm number nine. They took one headache out of Game of the Year for you. Uh, I had a really, really good time with this free DLC update that they did. Mm-hmm. It is murderously difficult, <laughs> so I can't really exactly recommend it to people because of that. But as like someone who had done most of the C-sides, mm-hmm. like not even just the B-sides. No, you beat, went like, deeper. <laughs> I went deep. I went a level deeper. Like after you beat like all eight B-sides, you can unlock the C-sides. Mm-hmm. And they are just really murderous. And then this this like starts off at that level. Oh boy! <laughs> but it's like it's just one huge level that probably took me like as long as the main game. Oh, <laughs> it's, like, bonkers! 
it's it's like kind of five chapters in itself like obviously not technically as long as the original but because it's so hard and you're spending so long on each one like but it, like it has its own story arc it has a whole new soundtrack like the oh, way cool. the music in the final area like escalates like every two or three rooms like it has all these different like repeated phrases and then you just have to get a little bit further each time and it'll keep going and mm-hmm. like they lower the difficulty right then <laughs> So that you're not spending like so long in each segment. Yeah, it's a very fast-paced area. It's just like the way the music is kind of continuously building up and up to this climax is just—it's really, really good. And then there's the final room that is two minutes long and it's kind of a downer. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, I mean I had a good time. Like I was like, oh, I guess I'm done. And then I, of course, I banged my head against it for another couple <laughs> hours. To yeah, like it. It, it sounds like that's like you, this is your final test, and like you've just got to yeah. string a perfect two minutes together. <laughs> it's not even like it's definitely not the hardest thing in the game because I've seen like this the chapter seven and eight seasides. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is just this is kind of the biggest endurance test of the game, where it's like by far the longest challenge. Even though no individual part of it is actually that hard, it's just stringing it all together. Mm. And there's actually a bonus thing if you get to the end of that room and then turn around. There's an alternate path. Oh, it's like to get the ultimate strawberry. (laughs) I haven't done that. Oh, the sweetest strawberry rat. It is like a special achievement, like Queen Strawberry or something. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you want to be Queen Strawberry? (laughs) yeah i had a really good time even though you know it's just one level in a game that was already like towards the top of my list right no i mean like it was already on my game of the year list for me yeah gotcha i thought this deserved it and i absolutely cried at the end just (laughs) one because of the story and then two because just the emotion of i I did did that i I did that like just grinding against this impossibly hard. Do you guys know how to wave dash? There's a video halfway through this goes, by the way, here's how to wave dash. You have to do this for like every room. Oh no. Point. Oh. Like it really does just teach you like the final mechanics of that game in case you don't know already. Oh God. I don't even know that if that was, I, I don't even know that I knew that was a thing. I know that they also teach it to you at the start of chapter eight Seaside. Oh, the other, the, the, <laughs> The previous other final, final level. Like, like I, by I, the way, the game ends at chapter seven. Yeah. That's the mountain. Chapter eight is like the interior, the core. Yeah. Like, that's already an, op- an optional chapter in the chapter eight seaside. Yeah, that's just the whoa. final, 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 final one. So, yeah, wave dashing is fun, but it's hard. And then when it asks you to do like four in a row, oh, it's dear. a lot. Mm. Yeah, I really love Celeste a what lot. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> What? It's such a good reaction. Okay, there are. <laughs> if you're looking at a task, it looks completely unreal. Yeah, the task. No, I'm, are... I'm looking at footage of a of a wave dash. Okay, I was like, you can. That's just like a mechanic. That's yeah, like, I didn't what? know. I didn't know that was a thing you could do in that There's game a six at all. Second clip. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah I... If you dash, if you dash down diagonally down into the ground and then jump, you go super far. I never knew that. So you and you have to do that like constantly in the final area. Oh, that's, that's bonkers! <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a good game. I love Celeste. Remember when I didn't like it and I was stupid and a big baby? That was wild. Hey, it got on my list the next year. It was number four. I there know you go. that was the biggest turnaround. Yeah, like I love that game to pieces. I, that, that's just a game that I played at the wrong time. Yeah, mm. it happens. So Polly, Polly. hey. I got a number nine. I got a number nine coming right up. So this game, 
This is a game that feels like it's orgasming at least three times every couple minutes. And it's just reveling and celebrating every moment of the genre that inspired it. My number nine is Zero Ranger. Oh, fuck yeah. This is a game that, like, Zero Ranger is really hard to not admire and feel yourself get swept away in. Like, it's so big. It's escalating all the time. It's just... (laughs) A series of moments and just really finely honed shmup design um, that it's as much an homage to the genre as it is like worthy of just standing shoulder to shoulder with everything that inspired it. Um, like, like, it's hard to say much more. It's just like, look, it, it's, it is a shmup that loves shmups a whole lot and you feel that in every moment that you play this game. And if you love shmups, you are right there with it, cheering it on with your fist in the air, screaming along, especially during that final climax. I was literally... (laughs) I was... I died in the climax because I was cackling at how hard it was going. That's how much... That's how big this game goes at the end. And it earns every moment of getting there. Um... But, and there's like this meta layer to everything that adds its own little spin to everything. Like it's 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 cool enough to you know, to be just a super competent shmup that is very well designed, almost top to bottom, and then add this very cool meta textual layer on top of it, and the way they kind of tear into that as you progress through the game, and like how that all comes and plays and plays out, just amazing. Like. This is a game that is just a pure, like, pure-cut video game joy, I think. <laughs> uh, that's how I felt playing Zero Ranger. Like, I, awesome. felt, I felt the excitement of the people that were making this game uh, when I played it. Like, I was like, yeah, you love shmups, and god damn it, I love them too. Welling, with <laughs> tears welling in the eyes. Uh, <laughs> Just an incredible piece of work that, yeah, if, if if you were into shmups at all and you have not played Zero Ranger, what is your problem? That's probably a mean way to put that. <laughs> that probably wasn't very nice. I'm Sometimes not gonna, I'm, you gotta be brutally honest. Yes. Absolutely love this game. It is a just fantastic example of... of, of the hype that these games can bring and just how you feel like such a badass by the end of them. And, oh, man. And and I like the fact that it's conceivable that anybody could get there and enjoy this game on that level because of the way the meta layer works where you're constantly building continues and they let you stage select to the level that you just, Mm -hmm. you know, got to. So Mm -hmm. it's, you can, you can see the end of this game if you want to quarter feed through it and enjoy the game in that way. It's totally fine. You've got to earn your way to do that. Uh, which is a smart design, um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Zero Ranger just there's not there's not a lot I can fault this game for. It's just top to bottom an incredible piece of work, and I'm super super glad I finally got around to playing it. Awesome. Cool. All right, John, do you have a listener list for us? I sure do. Mm-hmm. My listener list is for Poncho Smith, mm-hmm. which I am pulling up, and I totally already had up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> 
<clears throat> Hello there again, SoxCast faithful. Yours truly, Poncho Smith, was able to sit down and focus long enough to throw together some thoughts on the video games he's played this year, and you now have yet another list for this pile. Let's begin! Number three, Shin Megami Tensei Five. While the overall experience might not have reached the same level of perfection as the immaculate flowing azure locks of the game's protagonist, <laughs> SMT5 more than delivers in the gameplay department. The open-world sandbox approach, and yes, it is quite literally a sandbox, allows the game to bring to life the type of world that previous entries in the series could only hint at. On top of that, the combat is as engaging as ever with a degree of flexibility in how you assemble and customize your demon party also not seen in previous games. The story and characters take a backseat here, but given that there's also a distinct lack of teleporter mazes in this game, that's a compromise I'm willing to accept. <laughs> also, Snake Mommy is best girl. Oh, uh-oh. I think you just, I think you just perked John's ears up. <laughs> Number two, Psychonauts. Soxcast darling Tim Schaefer. <laughs> Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2. Soxcast darling Tim Schaefer. <laughs> I like that. Strikes again with the sequel to the 2005 original, which I completely blanked out on until a day before it was released. Still very much a weekend well spent, as this is everything you could hope for in a sequel. It's an absolute joy to ring out every last line of dialogue from the characters you come across, both old and new. And the designs of some of the new areas are simply breathtaking and or mind-bending. So breathtaking and or mind-bending. Sometimes it's both, sometimes it's just one or the other. One such stage is a giant love letter to the 1960s psychedelia, for instance. The game also doesn't shy away from touching on how the characters deal with mental conditions like anxiety or addiction. It's refreshing to see how deftly and respectfully they are able to depict psychological trauma while never straying too far from the general lighthearted tone of the game. Alright, here's the first mention. <laughs> and while we're on the topic of psychological trauma, number one, Amori. Oh, here we this go. <laughs> yep. But let's make a note. This game actually dropped on Christmas Day of last year, so I don't feel like I'm breaking my own self-imposed rule of must be a game from this actual year too badly because nobody actually got around to playing this until at least this past January. Facts. Yeah, yeah seriously. Of, yeah. Out of every game I played this year, I feel that Amori not only left the biggest impression on me, it's also a game that 100% succeeds on its own terms. It's an experience that straddles that fine line between earthbound and goofiness, quirkiness, and a creeping darkness that gradually seeps in through the margins until all pretense is smashed, and Amori finally shows its true colors. Much like Psychonauts 2, it has a lot to say about personal trauma and how we choose to react to it, how we choose to more from, move forward from that point, assuming we can even find it in ourselves to do so. This is the pinnacle of the kid with a knife in an indie game subgenre, Sand who? Oh, 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 there we nice. go. Got that spice right at I the like end. I like that. I like that. Little kit, little <laughs> kick list. at the end. Absolutely. Um, Polly, I believe you have a listener list. I do have a listener list, and it is from, of course, our favorite listener. I'd like to welcome back once more Don1991, everybody. Come on, round of applause. Just always, always a treat. I like how nobody else clapped there. That was good. I clapped, but I didn't want to. I clapped a little bit. I guess the mic didn't pick it up. <laughs> I didn't want to like be slamming my hands and it would just peak the. Audio. No, that's totally fine. That's what we do on this. We're allowed to peak mics on this show, Red. It's totally fine. <laughs> okay then. Yeah. <laughs> Smack it like an anime girl's oh. ass, Red. Stupid, stupid <laughs> show. <laughs> We're the dumbest. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I will proudly accept your award for the stupidest podcast on the internet. Thank you. I mean, we are the only podcast. We are the only one podcast, so if we get to be the stupid hell. one, we are obviously the best stupid podcast. <laughs> All right, Don1991 joins us again. Hello, dear members of the Sox cast and John. 
Today, <laughs> every year, <laughs> every every time. It's funny every time. Today we Tradition. celebrate the wonderful time of two years without John murdering a Game of the Year podcast. And for this special occasion, I would, I would love to add my own top three games to the fun. I was literally, okay, 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 okay. I was literally just thinking, we got some good energy going. I'm glad I'm not going to fuck it up this time. <laughs> You're just saying right, that. Continue. No, I was in my brain before Don said that. Brain All right, continue. Uh, just keep an eye on John so he doesn't kill another firekeeper or certain underground dwellers that might have a charming tale to tell. Some might even say an undertale. That was that was funny. <laughs> Top three. Here we go. Ratchet and Clank rift apart. It doesn't reinvent the wheel, but instead goes the Nintendo route of being an improved and refined version of everything that makes the series great. It is an amazing looking game with likable characters who wield stupidly powerful weapons in fun and epic battles. Somebody got a PS5. Can you believe that? That just it might is be, wild to Might me. be the only one of these on the list. Wow. I think, Don, this is going to be the most unique list. <laughs> yeah. Number two. Steven Universe, Save the Light. Aww. This one is a fun and short RPG with a Paper Mario-like combat system that might actually be better than its inspiration in terms of function. The key is that all the characters use points from the same pool to perform their actions, so you can have one character attack multiple times, or use combinations from multiple characters, and some of those abilities just fit together perfectly. That sounds really smart, actually. I can think of a couple. I, I like RPGs that play around with the way you can distribute turns like that. That's an interesting yeah. one. And the top three, Eastward. This is another one I had my eye on. My favorite game of the year features the duo of the silent dad, John, and his incredibly likable adopted daughter, Sam, in a game very much inspired by Mother 3 with a tone that effortlessly balances being charmingly silly and heartbreakingly tragic. It has amazing pixel style visuals, it has a great soundtrack, it has gorgeous animation, it plays like a really entertaining 2D Zelda, it has enemies that actually put up a fight, it has epic bosses, and it even has an addicting roguelike minigame that plays like a classic Dragon Quest game. It also has Ooh. it also has the longest run-on sentence in Soxcast history. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I got, I got, I, come on. It was there. I had to. <laughs> Last but not least, I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you very much, Dawn. It is a pleasure, as always. All right. And what are we doing next? We have, we got an audio list. Look at that. We have another one. This one comes in from also longtime inmate of the site. Raven, let's see, let's see what she's got for us here in three, two, one, go. Hi there, Raven here. I don't like to talk too much about myself, so let's get down to brass tacks and I'll share my thoughts about three games I played this year. Are you ready, dearies? Number three, Control. For fans of shooting, exploration, and weird powers, this game I plucked for free on the Epic Game Store hits all the right notes. Inspired by the SCP series, you navigate a Mad Men-style office, shooting and telekinetically hurling garbage at baddies from another dimension, as you learn to use everyday objects with mysterious powers. 
the whole game taking place within one enormous building does make it feel a bit too claustrophobic and takes away from some of the feel of exploration. But it feels fun to play, and the characters, though not essential, are fully developed and fascinating to meet. I think it'll still be remembered well in the years to come. Number two, Baba is You. This game takes me back to the old-school Chips Challenge, where block-pushing puzzles went to the next level just by including a few weird blocks and floor tiles. This feels like the perfect natural progression, where pushing text blocks together will change the rules of the game. So not only do you go around obstacles the right way, but also change the rules to your favor at the right time. Too many brain-burning rules and so much about the adorably cute childlike graphics, I can't describe it all here, but if you haven't checked this one out yet, please give it a try. Finally, number one, Omori. I normally avoid pushing one game too, too much, and this is one I already did several multi-hour spoiler casts on, but since this is the newest game to completely blow my mind, here's one last blurb. I call it a surreal game of Innocence Lost, perfectly capturing both the wonder and cruelty of childhood. You play an RPG that has different rules in both the real world and a kind of dream world, piecing together a past tragedy that broke your friends apart, both as a group and individually. It's just brilliant on every level, a game, as a story, as aesthetics, how they all work together. I can't say enough. Okay, that's three games that were new to me this year and left a big impression. Also, major shout out to all the developer friends who propped up my attempts to stream earlier this year. I could go for hours more on each of you, too. So, John Thayer, Jetstorm, Juneflower, thanks to all of you, too. And hope you have a good 2022. Can't be any worse, right? <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Thank you, Raven. Thank you <laughs> very much, Raven. Baba, is you being on there? Yeah. What's, what's our Amori count at, too, now? I'm at two now. All right. Who who um who picked Metroid Dread? I know Fresno did, and I think two other people did because it was it was on it was on Gesh's list and Tingu's list, I believe. Okay, so not Nate or Sayara, but Gesh and Gesh and Tingu. Yeah. All right, so we're at three for Metroid Dread and two for Amori. Mm. (laughs) That's is that like that's that's the uh, that's the that's the rivalry to watch this year. I think that's what I'm watching for now. We'll see if we'll see if any others emerge. Yeah, that holds out. John, though. I don't need you to be watching anything. I need you to be giving me a number eight. <laughs> My number eight is Metroid Dread. Oh, oh wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I like this game a lot. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I played I played Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission. Just fucking... I played all the 2D Metroids to death as a kid, but I especially played Fusion and Zero Mission just because they were... Very immediately accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, on on I could play them on my DS, so I just played them all the time. Um, Zero Mission was like the first game I got really deep on speed running with, aside from maybe Mario World. Um, I just I love that style, and Metroid Dread is continuing that style in a very admirable way. Yeah, 
um, where it has an extremely cool set of move, movement mechanics um, that play into the fighting and the traversal in very cool ways. Um, the bosses get fucking incredible. The bosses <laughs> are so good in this game. The bosses are so fucking good. The boss, as as I feel like this is um, kind of a culmination of Metroid as an action as an Definitely. action series. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very specifically looking at me- at all of the aspects that make Metroid an action game and doing them a lot of justice. Like the air dash that you get is so good. It's so lo- good. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that air dash like you feel I can feel it in my mind, especially when you find out you can do 3 in a row. You do 3 in a row mm-hmm. just by holding the button. Going in going in different directions. It did, yeah, yeah, you, you can, can do, do like left left right or left right left. It's okay. I've had moments right. I've had moments where I dash towards the boss and go, "Oh fuck, it just instantly dash back." It's just back. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just kidding, buddy. It's a just dumb cart- it it's like a dumb cartoon move. And the sound effect the whoop whoop whoop. It's very good. It might I be re- my it yep. really might be my favorite dash in a game like this. Yeah, it's this. Pr- it's pretty fucking good. Um, I just had a ton of fun. I replayed a bunch of Metroids right afterwards. Like, I did replay Fusion and Zero Mission. I think as of now, um, I'm still a little closer to Fusion and Zero Mission, but mm-hmm. I've had yeah. a lot of time to develop relationships with those mm-hmm. games. Yeah. So I'm going to see how my relationship with Dread kind of evolves over time, because I can see myself doing a lot of the revisits that y'all have been doing. Yeah. And really getting close to this one. Um so I, I like this a lot. And that's my number eight. Awesome. So Rhett, what's your number eight? Uh so you you like the Metroid games, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh my my number eight is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh <laughs> nice. It's not actually Metroid. <laughs> um so the first Ori game I liked it, but I didn't love it, and it, it was very hard. Mm. It was almost like... It was very Massocore in a way that I was it, not expecting. It really was. Mm. like It seemed like they played Super Map Meat Boy right beforehand, and were like, let's make it almost as hard as that, yeah. which felt like a weird fit for that this, genre. This genre, yeah. So mm. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is... It's a little bit more laid back. It's not as brutally, like checkpoint to checkpoint like dying like 10 times mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. style game it's very it's a lot more open than i remember the original being um and the original was also extremely pretty and then you go look at it after playing this game and you're just like man they took a game that was like already stunning and just completely devastated it <laughs> like the new one is so much better looking oh it, yeah it defies comprehension almost where it's like you start the game in the same like home location and like so you can compare them between the first two the, two the two games like directly and the second one just looks so much better it's, it is dizzying how gorgeous yeah. this game is and somehow they got it to run on the switch too that so is shocking but they're also magicians working there. yeah <laughs> yeah i had a really good time with this one it's not like a hollow knight level or anything but it's a good solid you know one of those exploration <laughs> game it's a good it's a good time like I liked how the, it was more open. I liked that, like, I got a fire power up, like, because it kind of has a hub area and then four, like, areas you can do in any order. Mm-hmm. And then I got, like, this fire fire power up in one of them where it's, like, you throw a fireball and then, then you can dash to it. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to, like, kind of cheese parts Ooh. in other areas with that ability, even though I could have gone to them first. So it's, like, it felt, you know, more, there was more freedom in, like, expression of gameplay in yeah. this one. Like, the path that you chose gave you a lot more options than you wouldn't have had if you if it maybe would have been a more guided, like, lock and yeah. key experience. Yeah, which cool. is how I remember the first game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
And then, you know, it goes pretty hard at the end. I had a really good time with this <laughs> I one. I was about to say, are you going to cry? Did you cry? I think, I think this might be the one game that I'm like, I don't think I cried, though. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was waiting to up that ret cry count. We got a lot of concurrent counts going on. Oh, don't worry. I'm keeping. I have a Google Doc open. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> uh, so, Polly, okay. what's your number eight? My number eight. So, my number eight's got a bit of an arc to it. Uh, I had mm. I had to revisit a good sixty percent of this game uh, over the last couple weeks uh, to give it oh, more. This of a was fair. your revisit. This is my revisit. This was the project that I'd been on. Um, this is a game I don't think I was ready uh, to play the first time I played it, and it colored a lot mm. of my perceptions. Um, my number eight is East Nine Monstrum Nox. Huh. Oh, you replayed this? I replayed oh. a good sixty percent of it. Oh, okay. I have save points at like like, I, like I re like the most the, what I really wanted to revisit were the last couple chapters, and I have like I luckily have a save file like uh, right at the start of those last couple chapters, which is great. Nice. <laughs> um, but I played through the first uh three or four chapters, kind of just to like get back into it. Let's. Let's try this again from the start. Let's see how it goes. Um, and um, I think that, like, my, my, my criticism of the game focusing on raids still stands. I think that those were the worst part of E8, and I think that it was a bad decision to... Return to them? Return to them and make them a focus. Um, mm -hmm. But um, I think that I came around, like, just... Uh, coming out the other side of the game, loving this game again, uh, or loving Aww. this game because a lot of it still has to do with the fact that like that core gameplay of just like fighting shit and moving around in that world, <laughs> yeah, still feels fantastic on the ground level. Like that's the most important thing. Like the mobility options that you're given, like with the crimson line, with the being able to fly with Hawk and like running up walls with White Cat. Like those are things that like I don't know how you emit those going forward. I don't know how you make East without those because yeah. they make exploring that world and dungeons so much fun. Um, it, it all has to get a lot of new tools in the next game or something to compensate for that. Yeah, mm -hmm. like they like like the verticality of this game just still just really surprised me because I think that when games focus on verticality, like that is very hard to do. Like I remember it all the way back when I played through the original Portal and the dev commentaries were like the hardest thing to get a player to do is yeah. move the camera up. And this yeah. is a game where you literally are doing that all the time because they put like there's so much verticality to the levels now. Like they don't just feel like mazes that are just like here's floor one, here's floor two. They're allowed to do a whole lot more when you can like whip yourself up or like run up walls or mm -hmm. glide across big chasms that you couldn't before. All yeah. that shit is so fun. And, and like tracking down 100% of all the bits and bobs in the world. Like I did all that even when I wasn't. <laughs> Even when I wasn't enjoying the game, back when I first played it, I still, like, I need all of these bits and bots that are bobs that are on my map because I have the ability to get them. <laughs> Polly, don't it's ever play Assassin's Creed. No, oh, no, I don't ever... I, no, 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 no. But they made, it, they made it fun in this one, but yeah, yeah. It's like Assassin's Creed. They looked at Assassin's Creed 2 and were like, 100 feathers, huh? We could do that. We could probably pull that off. And they do it better. They do it better, but like, yeah... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this game has just got a central cast of characters that is incredibly strong. With like really, like they've all got a really good story to them. Like it's got that trails energy, I think. Um, and this story, like I said, like the last two chapters in particular, 
they go hard in a way that was it was just as emo- it has just as much an emotional impact as East Eight, but it hits different. Mm-hmm. Um, it like it, it really it oh, got me cool. again. It got me again this time around. Like I was just like, okay, I already know what happens. It can't get me again. <laughs> and it, then okay, all right, you got me again. That was you got got. I got God again. Um, like, like this game is kind of like, like the shape of this game's story is, I guess, a little bit like um, Trails SC, where you got the a really strong introduction, a really strong finale in those, over those last couple of chapters, and you've got that middle that, like, it might yeah. flag for people, where it's like taking a chapter to introduce a new monstrum, and like that, that might be sort of like where. Like my my uh it, because like like because because it can make that stuff feel a little monster of the week I guess monster of yeah. the week monster of the week <laughs> boom it really is. copyright it there yeah there definitely do, it does fall into that Falcom like one chapter for one character and then you do that like five times in a row it's just like okay yeah but like when the story starts a going when you see what they're doing yeah. with like the parallel like adult shit especially mm. like what the fuck. Oh, yeah, there is so intrigue good. through the whole game that definitely pays off in extremely oh, good ways. God, they plant these seeds so well, and when they finally blossom, you're just sitting there with your yeah. draw on the floor and how deftly they pulled it yeah. off. This is Falcon just nailing it again. It really is like okay, it's slow at points. Yes, but but trust Falcom. You have to trust it. Yeah, you and it, trust Falcom. Yes. And, and again, this is a game that I played at a time that I probably should have just put it down mm. and, and come mm. back to it later. Because when I went through it this time, like, you know, like I said, I played a good 60% of this game again. Uh, oh, God, it just felt like coming home. Oh. <laughs> it felt so good. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Nice. My number eight is East Nine, Monstrum Knox. I kept Excellent. joking that the game you were playing was East Eight, so it's funny I was... <laughs> So close yet so far. Well, it's because I was taking images from all of them, and then I was like, and then I went on this East binge afterwards. Yep, yep, yeah. And you definitely love those first two games. I mean, I love yep. East One. I mean, I don't want to spoil the rest of your list with East Two. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. East Two is going to be a real strong contender for the recycle bin. <laughs> all right, so yeah, East Nine. That that's good shit, John. You should play that at some point. Yeah. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. But that's like an RPGs. RPG, right? You love those now. <laughs> you play a lot of those. <laughs> so many RPGs. He's the amazing RPG boy. It's like he heard that he heard that he heard that Jetstorm Four was like the the RPG king around here, and John's coming for a title, I think. <laughs> many RPGs. <laughs> Lightning RPG boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rhett, do you have a listener list? I do. It's from Taylor. Oh, your favorite! <laughs> so this was going to be the first list that I read, but then things got so out of control with the volume of lists that we got, where I was just like, okay, I'm just we're just doing these in the order they all came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So, this is Taylor's list. Alright. I'm reading it exactly as it is written. <laughs> <laughs> always, always dependable. I, the Somnium Files. Hell yeah! Hitman 3. Good choice. Metroid Dread. There you go. There's the there's one another one okay. down for Metroid They're actually, Dread. There's a little go more. Ahead. Incidentally, the Mass Effect games weren't as good as I thought they were back then, Taylor. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I've been like thinking that myself because I remember having a good bit of a good bit of fun with Mass Effect one through three when I played them, but I was like, mm. the thought of going back and playing those at any point, yeah. I've just been like 
you know, maybe some memories are left just buried in the past. It's probably fine that I never I mean, do that again. I have such good memories of, Met- of Metroid Mass Effect 2 mm-hmm. that, yeah, yeah, maybe revisiting it. Just be like, hey, it was well, well written. Yeah. I don't know if I could play a third-person shooter like that again. Yeah. That's, it is like a point. time. It is a time. 2010. Yep. <laughs> Someday. So, John, do you have a number? I have one from Jetstorm 4. <clears throat> Speaking of RPG. Oh, hey. RPG boy. <laughs> Perfect. <clears throat> it's that time again for Tom's 2021 Game of the Year list. Can I mention, I'm really glad. I feel like if there's this one is- th- good thing that came, this is this is me. If there's one good thing that came out of last year, it's that we fully killed 2000 and as like the preface for years. And we finally just start, started doing what we should do, be doing 2021. 2021. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm here for it. I hate the and. 2000 and 21. That's nothing. It's, no. It's yeah. 2021. We're, we, we had our fun in like 2000, <laughs> 2000 to 2009. Yeah. We're good. Let's move on. We don't need we don't need that extra ten years of that. That was well, that was completely. Be, oh, it was year two thousand one hundred and eleven. Yeah, you're gonna say that. <laughs> sure. Why not? Let's hear it. You sound. Come on. Am tangent. It's that time again for Tom's <laughs> twenty twenty one game of the year list. But you already know the drill by now. These are my top three games of the year. The top ten and the runners up will be on Twitter sometime around the podcast release. Excellent. Winky D. Um, so like the extra happy winky smile. <laughs> winky D. That's my rat name. That's, that's my rap name. <laughs> no, that's my rap name. Okay, rat, rat, your rap name from this point and from henceforth shall be Winky D. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. You said it. Those words came out of your mouth. And I know that the moment you they said came out, you tried to grab them and shove them back in. But that is not how words work, my friend. They entered my ear. They've entered my consciousness. And they get to play around in there now. And you get to live with the results of whatever that is from here on out. It's already been over an hour. We're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> number three well at least the, at least in the back how we talk about the games way less we don't talk about the top five no ten through six all right number three tales of arise there's a little bit of arise that annoys me much as the as the um such as repeated enemy designs but everything else pulls together to make the most difficult but satisfying modern tales of games that i have played the limited gald <laughs> gald 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 <laughs> expensive cure point healing items and scarce resources given to you to amplify the story of rebels fighting against a regime that turns out even bigger and more ingrained than they first realize, and fighting for the things you want rather than the perceived natural greater good of the universe. Um, number two, <clears throat> Metroid Dread. <laughs> <laughs> Metroid Dread was the biggest surprise announced and released this year. Continuing off of the mechanics of Metroid Samus Returns, a game I have softened on, and the story of Metroid Fusion. Dread has the best of 2D Metroid packed into the most satisfying action game I played this year, and that's before having the best final boss in the entire Metroid series. Ooh. I have to say, I have four favorite Metroid games, because Dread is absolutely one of them now. Number one, Ace Combat Force Shattered Skies. <laughs> I'm not sure why I slept on this game for so long, but Sk- Shattered Skies delivered an incredible journey that had my jaw to the floor several times throughout its varied high-energy missions in a control scheme that melded into my hands as I kept playing and learned that aircraft I could choose best to handle each mission. What aircraft? Sometimes I feel like I'm giving this the wrong cadence of sentence because I'm just kind of (laughs) flowing thread, so I'm sorry. (laughs) The story delivered the exact mood the game needed as it focused on your own character's rival pilot, the Eurasian 
Eurusian Yellow Squadron's Yellow 13 and his relationship to his squad and the rebels that were around him. Ace Combat 4 Shattered Sky wowed me constantly as one of my new favorite video games ever. Thank you all for the fun times provided this year. Tom, Thomas, Jetstorm 4L. The, the Ace Combat series is one that I have always kind of wanted to dig into myself. Because I, I picked up Ace Combat 7 earlier this year, brought it home, and it didn't fucking work, so I had to take it back. And, oh, no. And they didn't, have an ex, they didn't have an exchange, so I was like, well, okay. Uh, yeah, but, like, that game, like, the, 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 I watched him play a good bit of that uh, Ace Combat 4. Mm-hmm. It was it's bonkers. <laughs> Those games cool. were fucking wild. Actually, <laughs> go ahead. I bought Ace Combat 7 on PS4 mm-hmm. and loaded up the VR mode and almost threw up. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> I, I, so th- I cheated on this one and nothing else, but I said there's a reader list where the number one game they played this year is Ace Combat 4 Shattered Skies, and that's why they were the only good game podcast, and I DM'd that to my, to my Ace <laughs> Combat friend. <laughs> that's fantastic. And he replied, ah, another true philosopher. By the way, if someone ranks AC5 over AC4, you found the shapeshifter. Oh, shit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. So, next one was... Uh, I have, I've, got, I've got a listener list from our good pal, Lyranette, who is also a longtime Sox, cat, Sox pal, a longtime Sox Sexy.net alumni. Uh, good, good to see him coming in here. He says, I suppose it's that time of year again. I suppose. All right. John, you got your, you got your hash marker out? Yep. We can put down number three for Metroid Dread. <laughs> so thrilled. Starting to pull away. Yep. yep. <laughs> so thrilled to be writing a Game of the Year blurb about a 2D Metroid in 2021. Mercury Steam shows they understand and respect what made the series great while confidently pushing it forward. Hope we could see even more from these guys. Number two, Deep Rock Galactic. A very fun horde shooter that manages to avoid all the predatory tactics that make... Live games, such a soul suck. Core gameplay is tight, missions are varied, and the game absolutely oozes dwarfiness. You ever want to ooze dwarfiness? I've never done that before, but I'm interested. And number one, heard about this one a lot, and I know a lot of people love this one, Outer Wilds. The best video game released since Shadow of the Colossus, and I'll fight anyone who challenges me on that. Everybody I know that has played Outer Wilds fucking swears by it. Except yeah, that, that's like that's like Red. Disco Elysium, where it's just like it's there's just like the praise can... is so universal. Yeah. All right, that's gonna take us to number seven, and I think I think my good pal John might have one of those for us. John, can I can I count on you for a number seven? Absolutely. All right, so. Um, I told you, you I, we cracked this joke a minute ago. I played too many RPGs this year. Yeah, you've played a, the, a good You number. had more than you could fit on this list. <clears throat> I had, I played so many fucking RPGs. I played <laughs> 12 that were, 12 RPGs that were 20 hours or more long. Uh, which, is, which is more than I have since I've been keeping track. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's too many. Yeah, and I started to feel it. Oh, some of these yeah, games. like right at the end. Um, so a lo- probably several games that um, would have absolutely made the list this uh, most years aren't. Um, so and and honestly, like some of the ones that I did include, I almost considered not including, um, as it just kind of feeling so done with them for just kind right. of burned out. Yeah. Um, but it it felt like too much of a stunt. It felt like I, I okay. I do need to be honest to how. 
these games yeah. resonated with me. So I did include several. So I did include some RPGs here. Um, and just know that what is left here is absolutely the cream of the crop, mm. you could say. So this is consonant with Polly's number eight. My number seven is Trails from Zero. Hey. Ooh. There's a game. There's a game that I probably should have taken it's been like mm, i was like an hour and a half in like i really don't think this is the right time to be playing this game and i was like and then i was like or let's just shoulder let's just let's just um shoulder forth yeah let's shoulder forth no that that's the saying john don't worry that's the saying you shoulder forth. No. they say that all the time dude it's fine a word there's a word i'm looking for no here. it's sally for soldier soldier for no, it's soldier forth. No, I like I like shoulder forth, and I think we're going to use that from now on. All right, a shoulder forth. Isn't that right, and, Winky um, D? And play the rest of this sixty-hour game. You're not really feeling right now. <laughs> oh man, God, do I relate? <laughs> and I just did that, and because I knew it was going to be good. Yeah. And guess what? Dustin Falcom. It was really fucking good. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's really fucking good. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, it's on the list for a reason. It's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. It is. It's what it needed to be because after the Trails in the Sky trilogy, which I loved, mm-hmm. um, you couldn't mm-hmm. like just keep escalating with the same characters. I don't think. Yeah. Um, they did what they needed to do, which was pull back completely, new setting, yep. new cast, almost entirely, and focus on telling a smaller story. Yeah. Um, to the point where almost the whole game takes place in one city. Um. It's like, it was very smart the way they handled it. Um, I really love the new cast. Um, I love the characters. I love. I, f- I really formed a strong relationship with each of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the setup was very strong. Um, I think the reason that it hit me really weird is just like, this is so much setup, so much stuff that is not going to pay off until Azure. Yeah. Uh, and the big thing that it is in the game is closing out a subplot from third... <sighs> And they do a really fucking good job. Oh, they do God. A- Just like, that is a moment that, like, I can think about it, and it still fucking gets me. Uh-huh. The they, cry on command game. Yeah, they extremely land that. Um, but there was a point where, like, I was in the climax, and I was like, boy, I'm really gonna, I'm, it's really gonna hit me hard when X character swoops in and does Y. And then, like, ten minutes later, X character <laughs> swooped in and does Y. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of on the wavelength with these games now or like if if I was if this was any other RPG it would not go for that strong of a storytelling mo- to turn yeah um Falcom has the the power to do that basically yeah um but like even then I was still kind of like okay I kind of know the wavelength and the, and that and like as strong as that story is it is a like an eight to ten hour story in the middle of a sixty hour game that is mostly setting stuff up for the next game. Yeah, and that's that's a little exhausting. So it's it's lower on the list than um, a lot of Trails games, even though it's extremely well done. And as as a part of the larger Trail series, I'm sure it's like pretty perfectly constructed for what it needs to accomplish, just like Trails FC. Yeah. Um, but that, that that that's why I had like kind of a mixed relationship, sort of like you had a mixed relationship with Ease Nine. I think another big city game. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many? So how many? How many cities would you destroy if anything ever happened to Tio? <laughs> I, I I like Ellie. Ellie's great too. John with the knife there. <laughs> <laughs> Tio's good. I like Ellie. I see. 
No, I like all of them. Yeah, they're all uh, great I mean, characters for great. Like, like they all yeah. they all stand. Like it's a smaller cast, so they can really flesh them out a lot more. I think. I love how it's just like, hey, here are your four characters. Yeah. Get yeah. to know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Kia. <laughs> Kia's pretty That's good. Right. And Kia, yeah. I love that they introduce a new character about halfway through this long game, and then they just take they stop everything for about an hour. <laughs> and are like, okay. Now this is the part where we're going to make you love this new character yes. more than you've ever loved anything, <laughs> any person, fictional or real, in your life. And it works! And then they nail it. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> you feel so I know, manipulated. I know, I know your fucking game. <laughs> your assholes. I hate it. It's working, but fuck you. Let's <laughs> so from zero. It's really good. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean... After that big explosive chapter, you need a little intermission. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. It's, it's they extremely it really is that. perfect. Ugh. <laughs> trails is so good. Ugh. <laughs> Rat, what's your number seven? I love, trails is so good. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, it's so good, you just can't stand it. God damn it. Why are you so good? <laughs> Rat, what's your number oh. seven? Uh, my number seven is a game where I skipped two entries in the middle of. <laughs> okay. It's Valkyria Chronicles 4. Yeah! <laughs> the sequel to Valkyria the Chronicles, Chronicles 1. <laughs> because they... I feel like this was definitely written for people that didn't play 2 yep. or 3. Oh, yeah. West, was it 2 came out on the PSP and then 3 just yeah, straight 3 just nothing. Yeah, that, that, that was yeah. it. God. Three, three sounds good. Yeah, haven't played it. <laughs> never will. <laughs> Probably never will. But this really seems to do the same thing as three of being like, "Hey, here is an alternate story set during the exact same time frame as the first game," hmm. and it is very much like, "Hey, we made that HD version of the first the game. first game that you wanted." Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna use that engine again. Yeah, like this game. Like, it's probably, like, kind of got a slight demerit on my list because it is so much that first game again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they do good stuff to, like, the balance and, like, the like scouts don't feel as stupidly broken now because <laughs> you can pretty much just run them to the goal all yeah. the time in the first game. Yeah. Like, if you cheese it with stuff like that, like, the game won't be fun, so I kind of try to just play it tactically as I would, mm-hmm. not just like I'm going to use the defense order and have a character take 500 shots and be fine. Yeah. Uh, they add a new unit called Grenadier who just launches hell down on enemies. They are very fun to use. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really it's really just like, hey, here is a solid sequel to a game you played a while ago. Like, we we, like, we took it to the workshop, we tightened yeah. some things up, we, ma- we made the balance mm-hmm. work a little more. It sounds just like, yeah. hey, if you like that first game, there's really a whole lot here for you to want, if you just want more yeah. of that. The crazy thing is, like, I forget the exact time frame, but it was like, this game, I took so long to play this Valkyria Chronicles 4 that's like the same time frame as there was between 1 and 4 originally. Oh, good lord. Whereas, like, oh yeah, this came out seven years ago. Yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong. But anyways, uh, the story is also very good. That's actually like why it still hangs here is because mm. it's not just hey mechanical refinements like that's boring. It's still it's still a very fun game to play, but it's still like at the core of it. It's like being invested in the new characters and the new story and yeah. how they work with the events of the original game is is good. And it 
it's pretty hard emotional beats towards the end. It is not a game that celebrates war in any way. That, that is the thing that this series is very cognizant of the effects yeah. of war. Like it, it's very, very somber about these mm-hmm. kinds of things. It does not celebrate yeah. it at all. Definitely not. Especially when they basically get nukes involved towards the end of this one. It's just mm. like, oh, we're this game definitely has moments of like, are we actually the the bad guys? Are we going, are we going to start killing civilians here? We're awful. What the fuck? What are we doing? Why? Yeah. I mean, it, and it does. Maybe, Chronicles, the line. The li- I was just about to make the same fucking <laughs> Weird. Too slow. Too slow on the draw. Uh, I will say it does kind of resolve things a bit anime and where they kind of cheat to get out of some sticky mm-hmm. moral scenarios. But there's still a lot of heart there and like a, a good solid conclusion. Nice. And the last battle took me, like, two hours. (laughs) It was just this murderous endurance test of, like, kiting this thing, this huge tank around. There's a couple of missions in the first game that are like that, though, too. Where you could take, like, an hour and a half just to make, get things line up right. Yeah. I feel like my memories are getting a little mixed up because I also did actually play some of the DLC stuff in it, which has some other, like, really kind of messed up hard (laughs) missions Mm. in it. It's a good time. And there's a swimsuit DLC, which oh, nice. is like, it's so insane because it's like, God, what was it? You have to kill certain soldiers to unlock their swimsuits for your soldiers. It's, God, it makes it's sense. Makes sense. Yeah, of course. <laughs> your swimsuits have been stolen. Raid the enemy camp to get theirs. Do a panty raid, basically. Yeah. There's also like side stories with your kind of random squad mates. Like mm. they're not actually random, but they're kind of not involved in the main story, so having them have, like, side episodes is really nice to have them more fleshed out. Yeah, like, that, that's not something like. that tends to happen in these kinds of strategy games where you have, yeah. like, battalions of characters and they're just kind of nameless faces. They're, 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 they're nameless yeah. faces. And they're, like, having things like this, like, being able to actually interact yeah. with them sounds really rad. Like, they're all characters, but they'll have, like, ten lines of dialogue mm-hmm. during gameplay, like, I hit the enemy. Oh no, I'm dying. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> so having like actual side episodes with them where they all kind of interact and like act like they're, you know, characters is yeah. very nice. Cause I remember there was like one character in the first game, Edie. Who, oh uh, yeah. Had her deal. She had a special DLC yeah. and she was literally the one character that died in forever in my playthrough. Oh no. <laughs> so I never played that DLC. Cause I was like, oh, no. she's dead to me. I yeah. Think, oh. I think, I think she specifically is also available in 4, and I still never used her. Oh, poor Edie. So yeah, that's my number 7. That's a real damn good pick. Excellent. So, Polly. Yo! What's your lucky 7? My lucky 7 is thanks to our good pal John over Ooh. there. Ooh. John did a good last Christmas, and that made me very happy. <laughs> it has been a long damn while since I played a first-person shooter that actually lit a fire under my ass. And, oh. and thanks to the generosity of John, I was able to experience Dusk. Being yes. able to do so, man, this game's rad. Like, this game might... This game might feel like it's lacking a bit in the weapons department and enemy design. Didn't, didn't really bother me. Uh, this game has some of cool. the smartest, slickest most clever level design I've seen in a shooter in ages. Mm. Uh, the combat encounters themselves are, like, super fast and quake-like. Uh, it's just very frantic when it needs to be. Uh, but for me, like, it, again, this is kind of like uh, SMT Nocturne in a way. 
a lot of it, a lot of it is the atmosphere of this like demonic cultist world that you're trying to work your way out of, and the way that the level designs lean into the otherworldly um, is what nice. makes it work. Um, the example I I keep bringing up and I give to people is that about a third into the game, there is an MC there's an MC Escher painting level. Um, God. And, and they somehow made that make sense within the confines yes. of a first-person shooter. And that was the moment that I knew, like, this game was something really, really great. Because this, that, they, this game really uses that level as a jumping-off point uh, for the way that it just continually plays with the perspective and gravity and to purposefully disorient the player. Um, yes. And it never, it was never frustrating. Like, despite mm-hmm. the fact that this is a game that is, like, that in the later parts, it's actively fucking with your ability to move properly. Uh, it was just mm-hmm. like, I still get what I'm doing here. I know what I need to do here. This doesn't feel terrible. Like, it's just not something that was, like, a good idea, but didn't get executed well. It actually is just, like, really smart level design top to bottom. Like, instead of being, like, big ass sprawling levels where that are just like endless corridors and walls and mm-hmm. like they like this is a game that like every level has just got like there's like a set goal in the level and it it centers around that and it's just this little compact world that you're gonna inhabit for a few minutes uh get in there figure it out and have fun um cool and i appreciate uh i appreciate that the levels focus more on being like these really small tight five to seven minute experiences casually like you know like not casually but like you know, casually like a level might take you maybe 10 to 15 minutes but like once you know it it's going to be like three to five minutes somewhere around there so like, like classic doom cla- like like doom one basically um, yeah, nice. um but these levels are even smaller than that um oh damn they're like like they're really bite-sized and tiny uh when you compare them to what like later entries of doom were doing they're not like 20 to 50 minute key hunts there are key hunts but they're like you're in these really small spaces that like they're easy to kind of like they're 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 so uniquely made and they're so you know there's enough unique assets that you can go okay i know where i'm at in this level because the game doesn't have an auto map um that's how confident it is in its level design. Um, it's it's cool. just like the level design is just super economical, and it's easy to just pick mm-hmm. this game up, play a couple of levels at a time, put it down, come back later. Uh, it's okay if you want to shotgun through all the levels like that; it's fine. But like, I had a good time just kind of picking at it, like pick it up, play a level or two, put it down. Like I had a good like, and just like how brisk everything feels, and just how well put together, and how well realized the world that this game takes place in is. Just enjoyed every second of it, top to bottom. There's no, I, I don't have a complaint. Like, like the only thing I could complain about again is like I think the weapons are a little boring, and I think the the monster designs are kind of eh. But when the level design is as fascinating and cool and and really well done as what this game does. Like, yeah, like that that definitely made it hit on all points for me. So yeah. Number seven. Nice. Awesome. I'm so glad you had such a good time with that. Yeah. Like it was just an instant hit too. I like I remember I played like three maps uh just in succession and like by that point I was I I'd, I'd already like messaged on like you made the perfect choice. Like I already <laughs> love this. <laughs> I I I it's this sounds like it's um 
plugging in very neatly to the things I've really enjoyed about Doom maps. So that's yes. really cool. Oh, yeah. Like, if you love old Doom maps that are just, like, smart, economical, uh, they feel like just one cute little world that you're in, in there to inhabit for a few minutes. Like, if you like that kind of level design, this this game will click with you 100%. Awesome. All right. So... Moving on, I do believe, Rhett, you've got a listener list for us. Yes, this comes in from Strex. Hey, Strex, how's it going? He's a stream watcher. Uh, okay, number three, The Great Ace Attorney, Chroni- Ace Attorney Chronicles. Oh. The series continues to be great after all these years. The full 3D models really add to the goofy antics of the characters. Mm-hmm. Number two, Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling. My favorite Paper Mario game. Oh, interesting. A little lighter on the humor, but a lot more heart. My biggest aww of the year for me. <laughs> aww. It's got a really cute bee. I like the bee. I don't yeah. like bees, but I think that game's got a really cute bee. <laughs> I feel like we're in the renaissance of like games inspired by Paper Mario now. Yeah, yeah. like you're there, it's happening a whole lot. I mean, there's a paper game. There's a paper RPG maker. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I have it. Like it's for free on Steam. If you want to make a game like Paper Mario, they have that. Uh-huh. They have that on Steam for free for some reason. Interesting. It just feels like everyone is like, oh yeah, this is better than actual Paper Mario now. Hey, like timed <laughs> com hey that, that timed combat thing is kinda cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh number one, Library of Runia. Hmm. This game has consumed me this year. Mm. I have finished it twice, beat the prequel, read the online webcomic and short stories, and constantly listened to the soundtrack. I can can easily say this game and world are absolutely worth experience, experiencing. I've heard that name Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks again for another year of entertainment, and hope everyone has a great new year. Thank you very much, Strex. All right. John. That's me. I'm Green Mary Tempest. You do have a list. Let's hear it. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Hi, it's Mary Ken again. Sorry for typing so much last year. Don't worry. You did fine. It's great. Don't worry. We just, we yell at people. We yell at people, but we don't mean it. We don't mean it. We always say, we always say, do do two sentences. How many people stick to that? How many, have you ever, have you ever heard us say like, no, we're not going to read that list. We always fucking do it. Red's, yeah. Red is so good at picking the, the John lists. Yeah. Number one, First Land. Mm. Tied with Mori now. Yep. Uh, this is <laughs> my god. This is my god, even if it is considered nepotism, because I worked on this game. First, that is not a problem in the, around these parts. Not in these parts! <laughs> First Land by Photocopia, Photocopiadora is many things like pet co- Pets Cop, Yumi Nikki, like a romance, a myth, and a tragedy. Play it, please. Number two, Bad End Theater. A cute little visual novel by Nom Nom Nami about four characters and their terrible endings. I think the Overlord is hot. Yeah! <laughs> She's we all good. do. She's real good. We all do. Um, number three, Madatsuki's Closet. A short but emotional essay game by Begans- Begenzo about being trans and Yume Nikki. This game looks really cute. Mm. Um, honorable mentions, SMT5 and Elden Ring, even though it's, that one is not yet released. Kind of. <laughs> Which uh, American put in quotes around, which put in friends around Elden Ring. Cool. Good list. Thank you so much for, thank you so much. Right, right. All right. And I have another one of them there, newfangled audio lists. This comes from, <gasps> once again, another Sox pal that has been with us since nearly the very beginning. 
It's our good pal Angry Ed came back into our lives over the last couple of years. Couldn't be more than couldn't be more happy about it. Uh, Angry Ed, we're gonna have a listen to what he has to say in three, two, one, play. Hey y'all, it's Angry Ed. I'm finally doing one of these. So my big three games of 2021. Honestly, it was a real difficult decision, even if I just left it to games that were released this year. But I finally managed to narrow it down, so here they are in no particular order. Metroid Dread for the Nintendo Switch. After years of waiting, broken up only by an excellent remake of Metroid 2, Nintendo, by way of Mercury Steam, has finally put out another Metroid game. Dread takes the mechanics added and the lessons learned from Sam's Returns and expands on them, making counterattacks much nicer, making certain abilities not reliant on getting kills to reactivate, and so on and so forth. With the addition of the Emmy robots, it also creates a tense atmosphere and really makes you feel like you're in a desperate struggle for survival on a strange alien world. The game not only expands on the deep lore that Samus Returns created, but it also adds to the lore of all of Metroid in general, setting Samus up to have a reckoning with her past in order to set the stage for the future. Much like how I felt after I finished Metroid Fusion, I am very, very curious to see where they take the series after this. Wrestling Empire for the Nintendo Switch, PC, and uh, I believe mobile platforms. After years of toiling away in the minds of mobile development, M. Dickey finally leaves Flash and Blitz Basic behind to embrace Unity, and with it the latest entry in his long-running Wrestling Empire slash Revolution franchise. With much smoother fighting rates and a well-put-together fighting system, this may not be the best-looking wrestling game on the market, but it certainly is one of the most fun. If you want to put 40 bundles of dynamite into a steel cage and watch what happens, you totally can. And with booking mode added and assumed to rele- release free roam in between shows, it can only get deeper and more replayable. Personally, I've just been loving the booking mode, creating my own match cards, and watching the insanity that unfolds as the AI just tries to figure out what I'm putting it through. (coughs) And last but certainly not least, Deep Rock Galactic for the PC. Uh, Deep Rock Galactic's not a new game by any means. It's been out since 2018. But Ghost Ship Games has been constantly updating and tweaking it, adding new weapons, modes, unlocks, etc., In November of this year, they released a major update adding an entire new set of enemies and more weapons to the game, as well as a completely free season pass so everyone can get in on unlocking new cosmetics, resources, etc. As for the game itself, it's a fun cooperative first-person shooter where a team of four dwarves with various weapons and skills brave the depths of Hoxies 4, the most inhospitable planet in the galaxy. Fighting various chitinous menaces and even some violent robots, it's a very team-oriented game. It's also one of the few games of this type where I don't mind playing with randos, as I've only had a 5% chance of total incompetence. A lot of fun mining the varied and beautiful environments of Hoxies with friends or with strangers, and I look forward to seeing what Ghost Ship adds in the future. So there you have it, my three games of 2021. And, uh, well, here's to 2022. Man, just putting us all awesome. to shame now. That I pr- know, right? production yeah, production. values. Holy moly. We these lists have production values now. Ed, what are you trying to do to me? Ed, we need to have a talk with me and my tire iron and you and your body. <laughs> what are you trying to do to me? <laughs> oh my god. Production values? Like I just put it in the thing and make the wait for me and we okay. What do you want to so do? next year we all need ten files. Oh no, favorite, no, favorite no. song from each of us. No, you can't do this to me. I quit. I'm done. I fantasize about doing that. About what? What? Which song from the game will I play for this section? Oh god! Oh like, god. can you imagine? Like, I, I, I can't imagine trying to do that because, like, I would drive myself insane trying to do it. Especially. Maybe in post. 
but yeah. not live, obviously. No, not live. No, no, no. The Ed, thank you very much. That was that was impressive. I was not like was when fun. the when the music kicked in, I was like, what the fuck? Did I start something accident? Oh no. <laughs> no, it's the Metroid theme. No, it's the Metroid theme. Okay, I'm here for it. Thanks, Ed. Very, very much appreciated with that list. And that's going to bring us right back around. Oh, God. John, you've got one more pick Shit. for the day. Number six. Let's hear I like it. Re- John is doing me like he, he just says, oh, God. No, yeah. no, it's a specific reason. Oh. Okay. Okay. Number six is Kichikua Rants. <laughs> yeah! Live your bliss, baby boo. I'm proud of you. I didn't think you'd have the balls to do it. I'm sitting here and I'm proud of you right now. I'm so proud of my baby boy. I could not be. Thank you, Paul. I couldn't be happier for my baby boy living his bliss right now. That's the energy. This is the energy I want on this show. Live your bliss. Enjoy life. Enjoy the things that you love. Lots of love, Polly. I appreciate the encouragement because it's very easy to melt into a puddle. (laughs) Absolutely. So this is. Um, I want to point out that this is above um, Trails from Zero, um, and that's, <laughs> yep. that was done maliciously and deliberately. I can tell. Um, uh. And so this is the. So this was their. This was the culmination of Alisoft's Rants games, um, where they they thought that they were going to go out of business, so they took all of their ideas for Rants sequels and threw them all into one giant game. This is literally so, their Final Fantasy 1 story. It is, their, it is their Final Fantasy of sorts. It's weird when you're going out of business, you don't usually make a huge game as a going out of business sale. Not usually. Uh, well, it worked out, well, I guess that's what happens when you're just that creatively inspired and motivated, <laughs> and you're just committed to the joy of exploring your form. Um... There's a lot uh, of exploring. Game... There's a lot of exploring form in this series, uh, from what <laughs> I gather. Um, so this is also um, this was the pretty much the most popular erotic RPG ever commercially for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe still, I don't know. It was like a, apparently just a fucking major success, and it completely set Alice off back on back on the map, and they were able to continue. And it's very funny. Every subsequent game in the Rant series. T- treats this as a what if, and it continues from Rants Four instead. Oh wow! And the subsequent games all take ideas from Kichikuo and then expand on them. That's the cool thing. This is a grand strategy game, so the way it plays out is less that there's like one big story. There is one big epic story, and it's very good where you're taking over the world uh, <laughs> because this is the one where Rants is king. Uh, but also every like country all these different towns almost all of them have like their own little stories and they're all playing out irrespective of you it, i think it's impossible to get good ends for every character so you're constantly oh, wow. making hard choices one way or the other it's very easy to permadeath and just be completely fucked i had to restart the yeah i had to, re- I had, to rest- I had to play it twice to and then even then the second time um if there's anything keeping it a little bit lower on the list it's that it's um pretty obtuse and in the back half I, I really needed to rely on a guide to get through to the good end even the even then the true end was beyond me because it's 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 a lot getting that is a lot yeah um but this game was it's just extremely creative extremely stuff full of storytelling um the porn's really good <laughs> um i really enjoy alisop's voice when it comes to porn <laughs> and i just had fun with this top to bottom um Content warnings for days with yeah. every Alice Off game. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. 
this is not this is not a socks cast condonement and if you and if you're interested i would be, i would be very mindful of that uh these games are very rough in a lot of ways mm. so that's the that's the kichiko rant that's you. my number six i'm so proud of you for putting it on because i was thinking like would john does he think he's going to offend me by putting that on his list i hope Aww. that i hope that he doesn't i want him to live as loud and proud as he fucking wants and i'm so happy it's there Love you to bits, Polly. I appreciate it. <laughs> I was wondering if I was starting to feel starting to feel a little overboard at times this year, so I appreciate it. John's just a little. He's going through an extra phase. It's fun. It's that I, I had this thought where it's like it's extremely possible I'll look back on the Alisoft phase and be a little embarrassed later on. But Problem. right now I'm having so much goddamn fun. <laughs> Wallow in the so. trash for a while. It's fine. That's that's the plan. All right. What's your number six? <laughs> how to follow that up? Yeah, how you follow that up, Red? Come on, that's that Koi Katsu. No idea what that is. No idea. Uh, my number six is the Binding of Isaac Repentance. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is a, this is making a comeback from like fifteen years ago. Uh, the Binding of what? Isaac returns. So, Re- Binding of Isaac Rebirth, the remake, mm-hmm. was my game of the year in twenty fifteen. Yeah. for like. 10 months until Undertale came out, and yeah. then it was number two. Yeah. <laughs> so they've done expansions. They did Afterbirth and Afterbirth Plus, and then now finally this one, the first actually good expansion that they did. <laughs> well, like the, the, the first expansion pack was good. Afterbirth was fine. Yeah. I kind of I never got as into it as I did Rebirth. Yeah, like the first like the first part of like of, of enjoying that game and kind of like yeah. that that first year is never going to be replicated, I think. Um, I feel like this expansion has gotten as close as possible cuz they basically made Binding of Isaac 2 and um, then just added it as DLC. Like with as long as it was in production, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I mean, yeah, this took them years, even though everyone joked, like, oh, you're just porting Anti-Birth, what the fuck is taking so long? And then you play it, and it's just like, oh, they have doubled, more than, technically, because they included two new characters with Anti-Birth, and then they doubled the number of characters on top of that. And the mechanics of the new characters get so buck wild and are such... They're still in that same framework of Binding of Isaac, but everyone, all the new characters feel so different to play. And it's just like... Oh, like the number of completion marks like for the post-it note is just so huge now. Oh, jeez. And so, so, like, I am still playing this game. I'm still not close to like feeling like I'm done with it. I did a couple runs last night. That's awesome. Like, the only reason it's probably not higher on my list is because it is a DLC. Like, it owes so much to that original game. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. That it's not. It's not a wholly unique experience. Mm. And I think. Like, the anti-birth path is kind of weirdly optional for 90% of the time. Like, you don't need to go down to that path for, like, anything except for that specific right. boss at the end. And it's it's also way harder. So you <laughs> even if you wanted to do it for fun, it's also like, I'm going to torture myself with these extremely hard areas. Yeah. But, like, also, they go harder with the story in this one. Like, there's actually a little bit of voice acting. Oh, they they finally like definitively close out that story and like kind of stop beating around the bush with the metaphors and like he, here's the actual here's story actually of, like what it yeah. what all this means yeah and it's pretty dark for sure oh boy oh boy <laughs> like, 
And the first time I saw, like, the actual true, true for real, for real, for real final ending, like, I actually cried a bunch. There's another. Oh, And okay, I yeah. thought, and I thought to myself, I can't believe that's the second time a roguelike made me a cry. A roguelike made you cry? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, the fact that this game still hits on it's an emotional enduring. level it's en- was like, so that, shocking for Isaac. That's not things. what I was expect. I didn't expect that, like... The, the story stuff. Like, I thought that they were just long yeah. done with it because I thought, you know, we kind of already know the implications of everything yeah. that story was doing, right? So the fact mm-hmm. that, like, there's more to it, they've kind of actually concisely said, yeah, this is what it yeah. was. Like, that has me genuinely interested. I think the last, like, Afterbirth and, uh, after I don't even know if Afterbirth Plus added new endings. Like, it definitely felt like they were spinning their wheels because yeah. they, they had felt like they had closed it out and then they finally find a way to do a little bit more with this one. Also, like, the true new final boss is so fucking ridiculously good. Oh, it's not, it's not bad like Delirium? Because, man, it's, Delirium's garbage. They keep promising they're going to fix Delirium, and <laughs> they never do, because yeah. there's so much... There's such... Did you... I showed you this list of updates they did yeah. in, like, September. Yeah, yeah, it was like, stupid. Just, you just keep scrolling. It's just, like... Here's 300 small fixes we made. Because it's now a game where literally like, everything everything synergizes with everything. Yeah. They have added infinite synergies in this expansion. <laughs> so it's like, it's, ama- it's amazing the game doesn't just crash every time you get two items. Yeah, I really wonder if this game is held together with, like, duct tape and glue. <laughs> I don't know if it's on consoles yet, so maybe. <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I don't think that stuff's ever going to make it to console. I just don't. If it, if it has think, already, we look real stupid, but... Yeah. <laughs> no problem there, looking stupid. Yeah. But, hey, we are very yeah. proud of it. We are the stupidest yeah. podcast, and we will wear that. <laughs> I had a really good time with this, this expansion more than the last two, and I am continuing to play it. It's my best ongoing game. There you go! You get to have the best <laughs> ongoing game. Eat that, Final Fantasy XIV! How many, how many matches <laughs> of that have you had? Huh? That's what I thought. <laughs> So, hey, Rhett, Rhett, did you cry at Valkyria Chronicles 4? Oh, definitely. Okay, I that's another to. one. There's there's definitely that's some cool. point I cried at that game. Go, 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 go. I think well, Ori probably did get me actually, <laughs> after thinking about how that one ends as well. Yeah. So I'm probably like five for five so far. Mm. Excellent. Fantastic. Good. So Polly. Yo. Full lines. What, Got a number six. What's, What's your 666? All right. Th- th- this is the sinful category. The, sin- the most sinful category? Well, I mean, I guess when I think about the characters in this game, there are probably some sinful thoughts people have had about them, maybe. Uh-oh. So that might be Ooh. that might be something that people are into. So if there is a game that anyone would look at on my list and go, okay, no way, that's, that's not supposed to be there, it'd be this one. It is Atelier Riza, Ever Darkness, and The Secret Hideout. <laughs> Yes! Wow! The, so, Rance versus this. <laughs> Rance versus Ryza. The wholesome versus the horny. <laughs> path of light, path, path of darkness. Path of light, path yeah. of darkness. This is literally the tweet you made. <laughs> like I mean, three that... years ago, I was like, path of light, path of darkness. I get either really into Atelier or I get really into fate. Yeah, like this is just that with a, like, one minor change. Oh, that's funny. Hey, Polly, after you kill Mom's heart and Isaac, you literally have a choice between the Path of Light and Path of Darkness. Oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> so, I don't like crafting in games. I hate it. 
Like, I think everybody knows it. this. I go out of my way to try and avoid and never engage <laughs> with crafting systems and games because they always feel shitty and grindy. Uh, except you see. That's, re- that's really weird because aren't the Atelier games basically all crafting? That's literally all this game is. Uh, oh. So I got deep into this game's crafting system, though. Like, I was <laughs> I was doing everything at every opportunity to boost my alchemy level. Like, as I fuck this story, I'm going to my alchemy pot. I'll see you people in three days. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, just, like, just uh, to get new materials, to, like, push my item abilities as high as they would go. I just wanted to see that alchemy level number keep going up. Because you have to. You get, you get alchemy level gated at certain points in the game. And I think that was my main fear, was that I would get to a certain point the game and I'd need to craft something to move the story along and I'd be like 10 levels behind and the only way you can grind alchemy level is you gotta fucking just make items all the time <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we did it Polly finally found a numbers go up game I found a numbers go up game it worked so well It worked like, and it just like it literally does work so well because like I spent the my last day with this game and I beat this on a podcast day which is why I remember it so, so much. It's like I spent three hours that morning. Three fucking hours making gear for my entire party. Even characters I, did, I didn't use. I just wanted to make more numbers go up. It's all I wanted to do. So I had everybody decked out in this stupid, ridiculous gear by the end. And go in and just like fucking face roll the final boss. <laughs> It felt real good. But even like when you play the game like that and you like and, and the game makes you have to eventually do the RPG stuff because this game really doesn't like like the RPG is there, the combat's there. It's a real chunky good combat system too. Uh with really it's really smart it's a really smart um uh derivative between turn based and and um um uh, like that kind of like having to wait to, to your for your turn, but shit's also going on all the time. Uh, so you can like switch between characters who were about to have their turn and and, and and do shit like like that stuff is still like it, there's it's still a part of the game but it's obviously like it's taking a back seat to 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 all the crafting and stuff um, and, and you feel the effects immediately of like all the new gear that you go and you pour your heart into and you immediately just feel those numbers or like like the, it's, the game deals in small numbers anyway so you go from doing like 15 damage to 23 you're like I'm king shit now. Come fuck with me, bitches. Those um, are very small. Fucking, that fucking rules, Polly. But ultimately, ultimately what won me over with this game was just mm-hmm. how... It was just how like, warm and honest of a coming-of-age story it, it is. Um, start to fit... Like, this game's focus... It, it's obviously on Ryza and her starting to, like, accept a role in adulthood with... Uh, and responsibility, but she's ultimately just trying to find her place in the world. She starts as a character that doesn't really feel she has a purpose or a place, and I think that that it's a common theme for all of the main characters who are all kind of looking for something to move forward, either from teenagers into adulthood or who are at a point in their life in adulthood who need something more to get moved forward. And this game is just stories of that nature. Um, And I think that those are themes that we can all relate to. Um, So even when this game does go big for its anime climax, like, it still manages to feel really fucking grounded in a way um, 
and with the way that these characters end up like beginning their journeys into adulthood and it feels very real and wholesome and nice by the end um i think like that's that, that's the word i keep coming back to with this game is nice it's the mm-hmm. main word Aww. that i'd use to kind of describe it it's just <laughs> this game is not what i expected at all and it's not i didn't know i needed that like it just Aww. felt nice to like see these characters kind of grow and going through their own struggles and and, and wanting to find a place to call their own, not just like in the world, but in terms of like self-fulfillment. What, what drags you out of bed in the morning? Um, and, 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 and seeing all these characters like come together over those themes and, and just all kind of growing out of that. It's just like, it's such a well-told story. Like for all the, for all the promo that this game gets, and, and you know how they promote this game. This game is so uh-huh. <laughs> we, you know, you, all you got to do is look at, at Rise's character design to get what they were going for, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this is not that game. Um, mm-hmm. This game in no way even hints at a weird sexual joke in any way. Even when a character with the most massive memories you've ever seen in a game <laughs> joins your party, literally nobody makes the joke. Like it's just oh. people are people. Like, hey, guess what? Sometimes people have big titties and thighs. <laughs> um, Excellent. But, and, and, I, and I just love the fact that a bunch of GamerGate nerds bought this game, thinking that it would make people mad, and all they got out of it was literally no titty at all, and a really wholesome, satisfying, and and warm and honest coming of age story that just feels nice. That's yep. so nice, Polly. This that, game that's, is... Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. This is a game This is a game that's nice. Mm-hmm. Not nice. Not, not nice. <laughs> it sounds nice. like... Nice. It just sounds nice. Yeah. Like, this game's yeah. just... Yeah. Like, I... I've not I, I don't I don't know like I, I think nice is something that kind of gets overlooked like when you when yeah you, absolutely there's not a lot of just nice games out there and it's not over like the top about it it's just mm-hmm. an honest warmth to these characters where like mm-hmm. they're just people kind of going through life and trying to figure shit out and by the end like you know you can tell like everybody's got a good head on their shoulders these kids are gonna be okay these adults are gonna be okay I'm proud of them uh, so I'm really excited to play Rise of Two at some point. I got it, uh, and I oh, nice. I really want to play it at some point. Don't know when that'll be, but I'm eager to see where Rizalyn Stout's journey takes her. Awesome. So, that's my number awesome. six. All right. So I do believe we have one last pile of listener lists to get through today. We've done it. We're at. We're we've reached the end of one. Uh, of one mountain, we're we're not, almost there. Not yet. Not we're, yet. Three we're, get, more. we're getting to the summit. We're getting there. We got this. My next list that I'm going to read for you comes from our good pal Jessica Jaguar, my favorite duck. That's all I got this year. <laughs> it's like I was gonna do. It's like you know, don't push it. Don't do the duck thing. It would be funny, and I would laugh again. I would literally la- sit here and die laughing at the stupid duck sounds at that point. Yep. <laughs> I, I I even just think about it and start laughing. That's how fucking dumb I am. <laughs> but I'm not gonna do it this time. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bob when you thought I was gonna weave. All right. I'm still you waiting. Must keep for it. guessing. 
keep him guessing. Greetings, Pink Flicky, Hibiki, and Polly. Wow, that was a whole year, wasn't it? And it kinda sucked. But hey, at least we had video games in there. <laughs> and here are the ones I liked the most. Quick honorable mention to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie for the Super Nintendo, a game I never beat until this year. A tough as nails game that was clearly based on season two and changed the movie and changed to a movie game at the last minute with a uh, with with a banging OST. Genesis version is still but get out of here. Just stop oh. it. Stop it. No. The SNES version just it takes its pants off and shits all over that Genesis version. The cartridge <laughs> is literally covered in poo. I'm allowed to argue with Jessica. We have that rapport. <laughs> <laughs> she knows I love her. Number three. Hey, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I took a long walk today and there were just a ton of ducks on the walk and it was very nice. And there were just a bunch of them. And also ducks look extremely silly when a bunch of them <laughs> fly at once Thank because you. they like stick out their necks really far. Like yeah. they just extend like, and they stay like fl- close to the ground. Like, ah, it looks so hard. They look it like does. they're, they're trying so hard to fly. They're trying. They're little hard. To, you know what? I went for a walk earlier today too, and I had mm-hmm. I accidentally stepped in what I thought was dog shit. I was like, oh mm-hmm. god! It was actually just a copy of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie for Sega Genesis. <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> I really liked. I really I played um, the shit out of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on the SNES as a kid. That so game's that real. Those two games are okay. The first one's a little mm. easy and a little simple, but the, the the movie game is dope. It was very nice for my five year old self. It yeah, was one of the first games I. Beat. I mean, that's that's what it felt like it was designed. Like like that first game yeah. is very clearly aimed at the younger set, and I got no problem with that. Number three. <laughs> Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy. This year, I fell into a hole of six-generation games, replaying childhood favorites and getting to games I never got to, like Sly and Ratchet. Man, that first Sly Cooper game's real good, too. The game that kicked me into that hole was Jack 1. Tight controls, varied fun local locales, and encourages you to collect everything. Yeah, that, that first game is pretty good. Number two, Halo, the Master Chief Collection. Getting to play the multiplayer for the first... Uh, for the first three Halo games online made this a shoe-in, but the continuous seasonal content in updating Halo CE to more closely resemble the Xbox original rather than the botched botched Gearbox PC port made this a must-play, even if I'm pretty bad at it. And number one, getting its first nod. Here it is. Final Mm. Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Okay, so I haven't finished the expansion yet, but come on, it's Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV, y'all know what's the deal. Everybody I know, yeah. everybody I know is literally ret-crying on their timeline when I see them talking <laughs> about this. I I watch a streamer, there's a streamer I watch named KZ Excellent, and he's usually pretty, you know, you, you don't get a lot of emotional shit out of him a lot of the time, he's just very funny. Dude was almost bawling at the end of that expansion. So Jeez. that 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 game's clearly hitting where it needs to. I think. And yeah. Again, I think we we are always proud of Final Fantasy fourteen here, even if yeah. none of us play it. <laughs> yeah, and Walker came out really late, especially with the delay. So yeah, it it kind of get that most people haven't finished it in time for yeah. like, our recording. I, I would almost bet that a lot of people held back this year, and you will probably see Ed Walker on next year's list just because I yeah. think that some people kind of look at And that's totally fine, and that's totally like legit. Like, I understand. Yeah. Like, the game sounds like it fucking hit. I'm proud of him. 
Cool. <laughs> I follow one streamer who disappeared for a week when Endwalker came out. That's awesome. <laughs> like, I, I love it when people get excited about things. And people have been uh, endlessly, it's just been an endless well of excitement on my timeline. And that does us so good, let me tell you. When it's not just constant fucking awful things happening. When it's just people enjoying yeah. a thing. Even if it's not something I do. Man, I'm fucking here for it. God bless you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rhett, I do believe you have our next listener list. I do. This one comes in from Rain. Hey, Rain, our our favorite uh, resident Montanian. <laughs> no, here's what the email actually says. Hey, Sox friends, it's your friendly neighborhood Englishman, Rain, here. Here are the three games I've enjoyed the most this year, none of which actually came out in 2021. Go figure. There you go. That's how you live. That's how we okay. live, baby. This is kind of an honorable mention. I've yet to own the full version of Metroid Dread. Otherwise, based on how much I love the demo, it absolutely would have made it onto this list. Okay. <laughs> Number count. Th- no, that definitely doesn't count. <laughs> that does not count, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> Number three, Among Us. Mm. Definitely okay. a popular game we don't see around here often that much. No. Uh, the game whose success f- took everyone by surprise... Not of all, least its own developers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's essentially mafia slash ultimate werewolf in space. But man, get a group of friends together online, and this is an absolute blast. The new roles recently added to the game really elevate the gameplay too. Mm. Number two, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm. Short but oh so sweet. Fast-paced gameplay that tells a poignant and much-needed story about love, moving on, and learning to accept who you really are. I still don't know how they got Queen Latifah to voice their narrator. That's incredible. But I'm so glad they did. The soundtrack is incredible, too. And number one, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Mm. If we absolutely must have more Battle Royale games, can they all be as fun as this one, please? It's not perfect, but there's still some server issues 18 months after it came out. Yikes. But it makes up for it in terms of sheer enjoyment, and the various events and new seasons added to the game periodically are just enough to prevent this from getting stale. Winning that first crown was an adrenaline adrenaline rush like no other game managed to replicate this year. And for that reason, it's my game of 2021. Nice. Yeah, I played that for a bit. I've never won. Yeah, like, Fall Guys seems really stupidly fun. Um, just, like, you can't play it and take it seriously is just how I think oh, you have to so, approach it. It's, it's one of those kind of jank physics games for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like, like Gang Beasts, which is really yeah. stupid, but it's just like, you don't play this to be good. You play it to laugh with your friends, and I, I, I admire that kind of shit. Awesome. All right, John, do you have the final listener list to close out day I one? I sure do. All right, let's hear this it. This one's from Beatner. What Long up? Long-time friend, of the, friend Long- of the show and community. Our official fourth. <clears throat> Absolutely. Number three, Silas, Sir Thomas of Jetstorm's oh. take on classic RPGs happens to be one of the better RPGs I've played in a long time. Self-referential of the genre and having fun with tropes, but it never feels like it's taking the piss or going full Devolver digital levels of parody. It also feels well-crafted with the RPG Maker assets he had on hand, and it's a pretty damn lengthy game for a one-man show. Number two, I love, I, would, I like Silas. Silas was really good. That thing took me 17 hours, and I was fucking <laughs> shocked. I was like, that's one person yep. did that. So oh my god. Number two, Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, second chapter. I was one of those people who started up Trails FC and kind of fell off due to its slow burn for a time. Oh, you mean everybody who plays Trails (laughs) FC? Literally everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Boy, would I have done myself a disservice if I hadn't given it another shot. The first chapter sequel baited me so hard that I had to get a follow-up. I don't feel like the combat of these games has ever 
has was ever their strong suit, but the characters are what drew me in, and there were so many dramatic there's some dramatic story beats that hit me right in the feels. Mm. What builds itself as a more grounded fantasy world goes full on JRPG silly toward the end, but I can applaud the series for deftly knocking down the pins it's set up throughout its narrative, even if it means overlooking some po- poopy moments of the patented Falcom difficulty spikes. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, hunt down. No, no. Two, two less, two this here. Hold on, hold on. No, John, John. Yeah. Hold on. I will do this for you. Hunt down. Oh, fuck. I got chills on my neck there. (laughs) You got it, baby. All right. Yep. Nailed it. This entry came in just under the wire thanks to the Steam Autumn sales. Ever wonder, what if that Judge Judge Dredd licensed movie on the (laughs) licensed game on the SNES and Genesis was actually good? Right? (laughs) Trust me? Well, apparently Polly did. Also, Dread has the non-lethal option to arrest perps in that game. Not so in Hunt no. Down. You're going to be mowing down everybody in your path as you blast your way through this cyberpunk world's colorful street punks, crime bosses, crooked cops, all while collecting bounties, heavy weapons, and taking out the proverbial trash. Hunt Down's own marketing bills it as an action comedy arcade shooter. And while its tone is irreverent, it's not as silly as something like Broforce, which I played through shortly before Hunt Down. I don't know what, uh, when else I'm ever going to talk about Broforce, but it doesn't get the ga- same glowing recommendation for me that Hunt Down does. Nah. Go three. <laughs> Your three get get that dunk in there. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I Your like three it player when, characters. When yeah. people take swipes like that, it's my favorite. <laughs> Absolutely. Your three playable characters are action movie cliche quip spewing badasses, but they're definitely not invincible. The game wants you to make use of cover and rashing your weapon pickups wisely. Although some although some encounters and boss patterns toe the line of fairness, it still feels real good when you pick up that what the game scenarios are putting down and just manage to come out on top or go full contra to screen full of enemies and blow everything to chunks. Yeah. Oh, man, that game's real good. It's real good. Nice. Right. I think that's a podcast. That is. And that will do it for day one. But first, John, why don't you give me a rundown of your 10 to 6 before we say goodbye for now? Um, Number 10. (laughs) uh, Extreme Meat Punks Forever Season 2. Bound by... Uh, fuck. I, 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 look, Extreme Meat Punks Forever Season 2. Number 9, Hunt Down. Number 8, no. Metroid Dread. No, 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 no. Go back. Go back. God damn it. All do right. it again. I'll do it. I'll do it this time. I'll do it this time. Okay. <clears throat> Hunt Down. Okay. Okay. That was nothing. You, have to, you, nothing. Ha- you have to do it that way every time. <clears throat> no, I'm not going to try again. Number 8, Metroid Dread. Number 7, Trails from Zero. Number 6, Kichikuo Rants. Rhett. Number 10, Super Liminal. Number 9, Celeste Chapter 9. Number 8, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Number 7, Valkyria Chronicles 4. Number 6, Binding of Isaac, Repentance. And Two my, DLCs that, and five games that made me cry. That, five out of five, man. Can we continue that streak? That's what I'm looking for. That's what people are really going to be tuning in for next time. <laughs> My number 10 is Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne HD Remaster. My number 9 is Zero Ranger. My number 8 is East 9 Monster Knox. My number 7 is Dusk. And my number 6 is Atelier Ryza Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout. That's just our 10 to 6, and that is only half of the listener list. You're going to want to tune in again on the 24th to get the next half of the things that be going down. And we want you to remember that we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.